0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to whatever we podcast,
1: episode 50. Yeah. Is this our bicentennial? Or is that how that works? Is it bicentennial that's
2: 200 ten, years. 200 years? Yeah, that's 200 years. So what the years. hell is
1: this then? Like the half-centennial?
0: Um, I don't know. It's just... I mean, we're not really talking years, so it's not oh, that at all anyway. But just... this, is, this is like a milestone, a week of milestones, though, because, um, I mean... My wife and I celebrated our 6th anniversary on Sunday. Congratulations.
2: Yeah,
1: I um, mean, it's...
0: I guess... I mean, we just had our 50th podcast episode, but I guess your thing's a big deal, too, well, or whatever. Well, that was first, and now we're doing episode 50. <laughs> Although, to be fair, we've done special episodes, so really, like you said earlier, there's like 56 or some shit like that, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, those are like side pitches though. Those episodes don't count for our official scorekeeping. Yeah, so in celebration of our milestone 50th episode what i did is i put together um i made some calculations so yeah. we average a six pack per show right <laughs> actually if you're listening um this is only for educational purposes and none of this is true <laughs> um so by my calculations since we started the show only counting the 50 actual numbered episodes we have consumed 28 gallons of beer between the two <laughs> of us solid <laughs> that is definitely a decent sized bathtub it's actually, yeah, it's upward of twenty-eight. It's it's twenty-eight point something. So that, you know, there's a subreddit for they did the math. Like now we know. I mean, that's almost six pony kegs.
2: Yeah. This is
0: probably a conservative estimate too. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's not counting any of the special episodes that we did. That's not counting any of the time that you come over like a couple hours before the show starts. Yeah. So yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. Not bad. So what are we talking about this week?
2: A lot of shit.
1: Yeah, we've got uh, we're all over the map this week. Actually, we got Star Wars news. We have a lot of stuff in the DC universe. We're getting more stuff coming out of Justice League, Man of Steel. Um, we've got a whole bunch of uh, Arrow, Flare of Universe stuff. Um, we've got a little bit from Marvel, not much. We've got a couple movie discussions. Uh, I'm also probably gonna get back into or uh, very briefly talk about stranger things because just got done binging that over the last two weeks or so and it's fantastic yeah it's fantastic in comics man we did the whole dc gamut this week so we've got a a good 10 or 12 issues to talk about here we even actually read them
2: yeah
0: i mean both of us read all of them this time so that's crazy until i mentioned one during the show and i just be like oh yeah i've read that one
2: yeah
1: (laughs) no i've read from the list so if it's in the list i read it
0: yeah, and and I'm about to be caught in the grips of a, of a painful addiction once more, and we'll we'll talk more about that when we get there too. So, um, let's let's talk some Star Wars news.
1: Yeah. Okay. So we got some good Star Wars news. Interesting Star Wars news. Um, in fact, Donald Glover is rumored to be the first choice for a young Lando Calrissian. So if you don't know John, Donald Glover, you could find him in the show Community. And he's also, uh, you know, a.k.a. Childish Gambino. He does a, a actually pretty really good rap, too. So, Yeah. If you're if you're into that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of a fan of that decision. So hopefully they can get a deal going and, and work everything out. Oh, as soon as they announced it, I was like, yeah, oh, that makes complete sense. Yeah. Just do it. Make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um. And this is this is for the Han Solo movie, right? Because they decided they're going to cast Lando for it, so we're going to see both of them.
1: I think so. Yeah, yeah I yeah. don't see. I mean, I don't think Lando can carry his own movie, and I, I mean, they could toss in a little. Uh... How you doing, Chewbacca? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, they they. Uh... I assume it's got to be for that. Uh, they could maybe toss a cameo in Rogue One or something similar to that, like the next year, you know, on the off years when they're doing other Star Wars stories, really but not. I don't think I don't even want do. them
0: to do a uh, Han Solo cameo in that, and no. I think they're going to anyway. No,
1: as much, I mean, you can't really make it its own thing, but I, I, I like the way that the story's looking now. I think we talked about the trailer in the last episode, and damn, that trailer's solid.
0: I don't think we did. did and I don't we? think I've watched it. Damn. I think I've been living under a rock this last week. Oh, you I know. Mean, it's been so busy. Yeah. So I did this thing where I started working out, too.
1: Jesus Christ!
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, we have a gym at work. Nice, and I just don't use it. Yeah, and so, uh, but I started like, I'm really fucking fat these days, dude. I know the like, feeling. Like the wife and I went to the coast a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and we we went down on the bayfront, and where we parked was like on one of the hills that goes down to the bayfront. Yeah. Right. I'm not kidding you. I had to get out of the car. So that she could back up the hill in reverse to get out of the parking spot because I am so fucking fat, <laughs> the car just wouldn't go with me in it, oh my god that's that's amazing, right? granted, it's got a one point eight liter like one and a half cylinder engine or whatever you know, did you try just winding it a little bit more? Yeah, I just mean, turn the key on the front, yeah, it no, I had to get out, yeah, so um, and I'm not like that big, but that's just one of those things where I just like, okay. Maybe it's time. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that clear fucking signal. You, yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing like a half hour cardio every day after work, and then and then hitting the various machines depending on on what day it is and whatnot. So mm, not bad. Um. I I actually only did it two days last week, and then today was my first day back at work, and then I, I did it again today. But like the difference between the first couple times last week and then today, like. I didn't sweat nearly as much, like mm-hmm. my heart rate didn't spike nearly as much, like I felt really good after today's workout, so I think I'm gonna maybe up the ante a little bit tomorrow, all but. right, guys, that's good news. We might make it to a hundred <laughs> um and all this I do this for you guys so that I don't have to quit drinking beer, yeah, right so it it
1: evens out. I'm pretty sure that's the way that works it they it completely just cancels out, you know yeah. one side of the
0: equation or something it's it's entirely mathematical yeah and this is actually this is odd for me because i'm i'm actually drinking beer uh on a work night i i I don't typically do that but somebody's wife had to go and fuck up all our plans for the podcast this weekend a little bit a little bit so Um, actually if you're listening i'm not talking about you at all it's okay she's not (laughs) (laughs) um okay then i am
1: yeah it, it was my wife spoilers um so, okay, so let's talk about the other bit of news in Star Wars this
0: week, yeah, which so is we have, depressing We're ship. actually going to hit you with two depressing things in a row. Um, but then the rest of it's going to be all smiles and blowjobs. So Yeah. um, So you guys probably know um, by now uh, that America's favorite robot died. Yeah. Of course, we're talking about Kenny Baker,
1: uh, the actor inside of R2-D2. Yeah. Until he got turned into CG. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Totally a midget in a trash can. But, I mean, what are you going to do? Straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this pisses me off because I've read this article, like several different sources, and I have not actually read an article that gets his age correct. Well, I don't think you did it any better because in here you said he was... Oh, no, no. Wait, that, was, I did. that makes sense. I did. That actually work yeah. Because so he was born in 1934. He was born August 24th of 1934. Mm-hmm. So when he passed, he was nine days shy of being 82, but he was technically still 81 when he died. Yeah. But I've seen other news stories that are like, uh, Kenny Baker dies at 83. Come on, guys! It's really simple math. Yeah, I mean, we can't afford like actual news though, so
1: it's not all just bloggers who you know write it down faster than we do. That's pretty much. Pretty much,
0: yeah. yeah. Maybe we need like state-sponsored news, like RT from Russia,
1: or you know they got something like that in Korea. I think that's working out pretty well.
2: Yeah,
0: glorious leader, leader. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we really that far from state-sponsored news at this what's point. What's really fucking anyway, that's a, weird and fascinating is I actually have watched a lot of news reports on the American version of RT because like the Russian news does have a, a uh, I used to a it, presence here in the US it is surprisingly like more accurate and to the point than our own american media uh actually yeah i I would kind of
1: recommend against uh the american media for a lot of things uh, especially if you want to follow any sort of like national news sort of um anything related to politics like you're probably better off uh something with something like rt or al jazeera al jazeera actually is a really good source for that kind of stuff um and then there's a couple of london papers the young Uh, turks is pretty cool too yeah if you stay away from like the daily mail you're probably okay going with something from you know england um but yeah the BBC, I like. I like a lot BBC,
0: of stuff from the BBC. BBC
1: does actually a really solid job, I think, too. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So. Completely
0: off topic, but yeah. So Kenny Baker, R two D two, he died. Um, I think it was because he used to be able to fly, apparently, and then yeah. all of a sudden he couldn't anymore.
1: Yeah, he was just like, oh, I'm just gonna take the
0: regular old way home, and then
1: jumped out of like the thirty seventh floor or something like that, and he's like, oh shit
0: i'm yeah. um, just taking a jab at the prequels because yeah you know that stupid robot flew in those movies Let's not make this too depressing i mean it, it's not like i knew Kenny baker i didn't i didn't know him at all um but he was r2d2 and like what's crazy is uh as a kid like i know who kitty baker was like more oh, than yeah. i knew who a lot of other actors were and you never even actually saw his face yep you know what i mean so this is kind of depressing for me um it
1: is a little bit because we're now to the point in life where there's basically nothing to do but watch our favorite Star Wars heroes die in yeah. the next say twenty years or so.
0: Yeah. I mean you can probably Well wow, that's depressing as it's, shit. It it brings the show right down. Guaranteed that when Mark Hamill passes, like we're gonna have like a six hour like just marathon. It's just gonna be Matt Blowfest. Cr- yeah. It, me and Matt just crying into a bottle. Weeping openly yeah. In, yeah. into a bottle of whiskey, yeah. Yep. Um so that, there's that that happened this week. Um 81 9 day shy of 82. Get it right people. Yeah. Uh and uh yeah, he's definitely going to be one of those guys that that we miss. Yeah.
1: Our next news is also kind of sad and we're moving to the DC Universe now and that is uh Gaspar Saladino passed away and I got to be honest, I did not know who this was until about 5 minutes before we started <laughs> recording this. So, um the the long and short of it is he was a letterer for DC. Um, he was an artist he did he did
0: other stuff as well but
1: yeah in the silver
0: age i believe so early 60s uh yeah um in the late 60s he got moved from lettering interiors of books to um basically doing the lettering for every cover that dc published for a decade yeah so um
1: matt's gonna have to remember to put the link in the show notes that he showed me uh they kind of highlights some of his work but i guarantee you've definitely if you've been a fan even if you haven't uh he did a very famous batman uh, um uh logo logo
0: it's and, it's the batman logo that just has the bat head in the middle of the words batman like yeah, everybody's seen it i think it's it's like the 60s it's like the 60s it's, neil Adam adams. it's, it's all the neil you know, adams like, batman issues i think carry that I think he designed that specifically for the Neil Adams books.
1: Yeah, you've definitely seen his work. Um, it, it, you probably didn't know who he was, you know, much like myself. But you've definitely seen his work, so we'll put a link in the show notes to the um, picture
0: Matt showed me, and you'll probably you know immediately recognize most of it. So yeah, if you've ever seen the cover of a uh, issue of Swamp Thing, the the logo for Swamp Thing, mm-hmm. he did that. Uh, the Avengers with the A with the funky arrow in it, like yeah. that's completely him. Yeah. So. so
1: um, you know it, bad bad week for for nerds
0: yeah th- i mean this is a guy that like you've never heard his name but like you've seen his work
2: oh
1: for sure you
0: know what i mean like, so he's immortal if nothing else because his work will live on for quite a while i'm yeah. sure yeah like i i personally own issues with, with his those covers love, and stuff those covers yeah. yeah so um all right let's talk about some stuff that's not depressing now
2: yes, now the dead people are done
1: yeah um well i mean they were Sorry, done, dead like, they were
2: done like a week or two ago yeah. but
1: now we can officially lay them to rest now that we've discussed it on the whatever show. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's talk about one of our favorite directors. Yes, let's. Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith is going to be directing an episode of Supergirl. Two episodes of Supergirl, in fact. Is he doing two? Sorry,
0: sorry, sorry. Season two. He's doing an episode from season two of right. Supergirl. because we knew that he was coming back yep. to do The Flash. And then yep. it was just this last week. It was announced that he was coming to do an episode of Supergirl as well. He actually, if you follow him on Twitter... Um, binge watched the shit out of season one of Supergirl in the mm-hmm. last week ish. Uh um, well. Wow. And I don't know if he'd watched it before that, but like he has a lot of the same feelings about Supergirl as he does about the Flash and just like the overall characters and, and mm-hmm. the people that play the characters and their likability and whatnot. So I'm super excited um to see him direct an episode of this. Uh this is a this, I mean we've talked about Supergirl on the show. And some episodes are a lot shakier than others. And I think one of the things that we kind of bashed about it dialogue. And he's not writing the episode, but I think him being able to direct the episode is going to probably have a huge impact on, on how the lines are delivered and things like that to make him seem not quite so. You know,
1: if you're bringing Kevin Smith on to direct anything and you don't let him have any input on the dialogue, you I mean, gosh. You're basically
0: wasting his talent.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean what what I can't even think of the the analogy that would go well with that like um, I don't know it's like hiring Michael Jordan to just play baseball you know like <laughs> <laughs> not exactly I mean sure he's pretty good at it and, and you know get, don't get me wrong Kevin's actually a much better director than Kev, uh, Michael was at baseball but um, gosh, gosh a, a big deal about Kevin Smith I think personally uh, is, is for sure his ability to write you know plausible and good dialogue so yeah um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, Kev Kev is going to be doing season two of Supergirl, um, or an episode from season two of Supergirl, which is also exciting because now he's just kind of moving around the whole CW-verse, doing all the directing nerdy shows, which I really like. Except Arrow. Except Arrow. fucking Guggenheim. Fucking Guggenheim. Yeah, so the reason number like 337 why uh, Guggenheim probably shouldn't be the showrunner for Arrow, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and he's also involved in Legends, so it's not entirely
0: likely we'll get to see Kevin Smith on Legends anytime soon. Dude, that's such a fucking bright and shining cast in that, though, too. I think Kevin would do a great job oh, on would. that show. Oh, he would. He I, would. Um, I, I honestly don't know what a Kevin Smith directed Arrow would look like. Um, I still haven't read Kevin's uh, Arrow, uh Green Arrow books, um, but my understanding
1: is they're pretty good. Yeah, I know. On the shelf. I've got Quiver. I've got to yeah. I I grab it on the way out or something. But, um, my understanding is they're pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I really um, liked it. he's familiar with the source material. He so, yeah, actually
0: wrote Ettridge and the Demon um, for that book, like okay. for the Green Arrow books. You know what like, I just realized? Like, what their than... wet
1: dream is? They Been should fire Guggenheim. 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 <laughs> Guggenheim. <laughs> Freudian slip. Yeah. Uh, and and get Kevin to do the show. Like, Kevin runs the run show. Yeah. yeah. I you mean, probably could.
0: I'd, I couldn't be worse. I mean,. Here's the thing, like I haven't really gotten a lot of Babylon lately, though, because he's actually been like doing stuff. Yeah, like taking um uh 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 Bonsai. Uh huh. He's doing that. It's gonna be a show. Really? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, so he's been shopping that, and then uh Rats is gonna be a show. He's been shopping that. Wow. And so he he may be his dance card's a little too full. Maybe to do. He's though. pretty busy these days. Yeah. yeah. Plus he's been touring yoga hosers and I, I I think he might just about be done with that. I think mm. <coughs> excuse me, the touring yoga hoser's probably what kept him the busiest lately, but yeah. But yeah. yeah. So we have more Supergirl news too. Yeah. Besides Kevin Smith. Um in fact this involves uh, our favorite Scarlet Speedster as well. Yep. Because we're gonna get a two part crossover later in the season. That's gonna be a musical episode. Yeah. So I'm really excited. Uh I did not
1: know this until like in the middle of uh season 2 probably but Grant Gustin used to be on Glee. Yeah. I knew and that. Uh, so so did Miss Benoist as well. Yeah, they knew each
0: other I think yeah. from that so.
1: So obviously they can sing. Um, and they're getting uh, this is actually a pretty big piece of news too. They're getting Joss Whedon to do to direct
0: it. Is that confirmed or is that
1: it's still a strongish rumor? I put a link in the show notes. Uh, it it wouldn't actually shock me if Joss didn't end up directing it, but uh, they're getting Joss to do it. And frankly, uh, the the obvious, the necessary is that they get NPH to um, come in as like music meister.
0: So um, Joss directed a musical episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer called Once More with Feeling. And yeah. It was fucking amazing. It's actually that, and I think an episode called "Hush" are two of the top episodes like of that series. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if he directed "Hush" or not, but like it's once more of a feeling was pretty cool. Like it, and it's later in the series, so you haven't watched it because you're a fucker. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I, mean, I only made it to like episode four or something. Yeah, yeah, because we always talk about how Eddie's gonna watch all these shows, and then you know. He doesn't. I have a really short attention span. Like, I watch, like, three or four episodes, and I'm like, yeah, and then I
1: just totally drop off. Like, even Sons, which I really enjoy, I've slowed way the fuck down on. Like, this is the thing that, like, um, like I'm like a fat kid at a candy store. Like, I just eat so much until I get and full puke, and then I just, then I think back to, like, that time where I got so sick of eating, you know, like, whatever it was, like, marshmallow candy or something like that, and I'm just like, fuck marshmallows. I'm not going to watch that right now.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah so, I, know how, I know how that goes. Yeah, but I, I, he is going to finish Suns because we're going to keep talking about it. Probably oh, not tonight because we got a pretty full card. But yeah, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep watching
1: that one pretty much regardless. I think it'll yeah. just slow way down probably.
0: Yeah. So, musical number, or it's going to be two part crossover. So it's it's essentially like an hour and a half of of musical between the two. And I'm. I'm super fucking excited about it. So uh, this is
1: actually interesting for me and, and a lot of. Um, so number one, I knew Joss had done a, a very well received episode of Buffy that was a musical, which I'm glad to hear again. You know, so that 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 would be thing number one. That's pretty cool. Uh, he also did you know Captain Horrible sing-along blog, yeah. which was phenomenal. Uh, Dr. Horrible. Oh, we are right, Captain Hammer. Captain Hammer, which would be Nathan Fillion. Always with the names. And they could bring him in to be a bad guy, too. If they did, I just... I don't know what I would even do. You'd probably come. I'd probably... I would just be humping the TV. Um, Yeah. So, uh, yeah... Joss is going to be d- doing that, so that's thing number one. That's pretty cool. Thing number two is we're getting Joss in the DC universe, or we we may be getting Joss in the DC universe. He's been pretty heavily Marvel for a long time, obviously directing the Avengers in the um, Age of Ultron. Uh,
0: uh, he's also still like an executive producer for um, Shield. Shield, I think. Yeah, yeah.
1: and I think even uh, before that, you know, he used to write comic uh comics. Uh, he used to write X Men. I think at one point, so
0: yeah, he wrote the Astonishing X Men for a while, which yeah. was actually really good.
1: So he's, he's definitely been kind of a Marvel Marvel player for quite a while. Um, so if Joss actually came in and did a DC property, that would be really interesting to me. Um, just because, you know, I, I got to imagine there's somebody at the Marvel office who's like, fuck, no. We can't do
0: that. <laughs> yeah, who knows? And there could be contract issues too, because I don't yeah think that you're allowed to work for Marvel. I'm, and- I'm
1: pretty sure we're still pretty firmly in the rumor category with that. But, um, you know, just a Joss Whedon-directed uh, crossover like that. and, and if I mean they've gotta get Neil Patrick Harris. They have gotta get I, him to do
0: I would certainly love to see Joss come over and direct some stuff on the D C side. Um and it's as I understand it, DC television though, can be kind of like Marvel movies where like you're a director mm-hmm. in name only, because like there's a certain direction that the episodes are going to go. Yeah. <laughs> you might be the guy behind the camera, but you're not the one that's pulling the string so to speak in a lot of cases i mean Um, it's all just kind of uh the whole plan
1: is set up and you're basically there to execute the plan i mean and i don't
0: want to downplay like the role that a director plays because a director is ultimately kind of responsible for the performances that he gets out of his his actors it really sort of depends on the director and i i I think their role like director is one of those nebulous
1: terms that means everything from like this guy is basically 90 percent responsible for this movie all the way down to like uh, he's also the guy that you know basically just fills a chair so
0: uh,
2: yeah it depends on like, i think who with we're talking marvel about like i'm pretty
0: sure of, like they don't get to ad lib and all that kind of stuff like they pretty much stick to the script and they stick to the shots that are laid out before i think they do have a little bit of leeway there um and, and the only reason i say
1: this at least is because obviously with the Guardians. iron man iron man story um you know with fevro and and uh of course, this is early days. It's quite a bit different now. I would imagine it's a little bit more of a machine than it There's was. There's a Marvel formula now. Yeah, there there is a little bit. Um, but the other thing I think about is the Captain America movies. Like, um, it can't just be coincidence that those are the some Russos. of the stan- the Russos and and definitely becoming the standout movies of the. Yeah. You know. So um, yeah, I, I do think that Marvel is definitely a very hands-on studio, and I think that the director is probably less influential there than it might be um, somewhere else but feel
0: I feel like they the director probably has less control over what goes on in those because I know Joss was really fed up with with the situation after he did age of Ultron see and I think that's a little bit too like as they've grown they, they've sort of gotten more and
1: more like that because I think Joss is a big part of uh, what made the Avengers the, the first, first Avengers one, yeah. work so well and then his his frustration with the studio with the second one is probably because I would assume they take a little bit more control over well, the movie making.
0: And honestly, I think probably the second movie would have been a little bit more akin to the first movie had he been allowed to exercise and and like you know stretch his legs, so to speak. On that one, yeah, there was just in the first There's too many things that Marvel was just like, no, you have to put this in this movie. Yeah,
1: see, like I don't know the Russos well enough, but I'm familiar enough with Joss's catalog that you can see his, him in the, in the first Avengers. Like you can see his work in the first Avengers, and that actually is sort of like what became the Marvel formula a little bit. Like, uh, but especially the way that he handles um, ensembles, mm-hmm. like that was where I, I definitely knew I was watching a Joss Whedon movie um, because of the way the cast interacts with each other and how well he balances. Them. Them and things like that so and that was absent I think a little
0: bit in, in Ultron so I, I think that's kind of the same thing that Kevin Smith brought to the Flash because everybody that you know was interviewed or anything after he directed talked about how great it was for Kev to be on set because he would show up in a good mood and he'd be like all right let's just do it let's have yeah. fun like yeah. we're we get paid to make pretend let's do yeah. it you know and um I think that says a lot about his character as a director versus, you know, some of the other guys that are more uh, just heavy handed about stuff and like, Nope, you got to do it this way. You got to yeah. do it this way. Um, and think- that actually shows how much he's grown too as a director over the last several years too. Cause I mean, he talks about doing clerks um, and none of those guys in that movie were really actors at mm, the time. Like no. uh, Brian O'Halloran was like in drama, you know, in high school and whatnot. So he had some acting under his belt um and then the chick who played uh uh Dante's girlfriend. Rosario Dawson? No. The Clerks One. Oh, okay. I'm, um, right. I'm sorry. Whose name I, escapes me. No it, clue. Veronica, maybe? No clue. I don't remember. Um uh, but her name was like Marilyn Marilyn Gugliotti or something like that. And like they brought her in, like she actually read for the role and she fucking cried and shit and they're like, You can do that? <laughs> but like <laughs> like she's the only actor actually on the set yeah and, But like, like j j Jim uses to just say like what what is his happening? his dialogue though like was his dialogue and like you stuck to the script when you did that like there was no ad-libbing there was no nothing yeah um and like so much to the point where like if he didn't like what he was getting like he would basically like give his performers like line reads and be like no do it like this and actors hate that shit because like as an actor it's kind of your job to take the dialogue and like make it your own and and yeah. do it and i think that's that's the interesting thing to me about movie making is that it's sort of a it,
1: it like when it works the best i think it's a collaborative process or it is by a complete utter you know ridiculous sort of genius like what the the opposite end of the spectrum that i'm thinking here is kubrick um kubrick just knew how to like he had uh, i don't know exactly what it what it is that made him tick but he had this exact picture of what the film was going to turn out like yeah. and he would do just crazy psychotic shit to get the actors to conform to that vision uh, um, and you know it just that's just one small part there's a lot of things besides just the acting that goes into it but yeah, like, I, I that, heard... that's the opposite end of the spectrum I think with that but I, I kind of look at it as like a collaborative process like in my mind if I were making movies I would kind of want it to be a collaborative process like there's yeah. a lot of smart people in the room generally speaking and
0: I I heard a lot of stories about um like filming a Clockwork Orange, yeah, and two thousand one, a Space Odyssey, and stuff about things that he did on set to to like make things happen, and even Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut was kind of a train wreck of a movie if you ever actually watch it. <laughs> yeah, um, you do get to see Nicole Kidman's boobies, so I mean, if that's your thing, oh, I guess I'll check
1: out the extended Kubrick collection. Yeah, which includes
0: <laughs> Nicole Kidman's tits. Yeah. All right. Yeah. If nothing else, it's good for that, right? Yeah um all right so i got a question for you shoot how do you take a tv series that's progressively getting worse how do you how do you take something like that and then up the ante on how bad you can make it
1: oh gosh this is a tough one i don't know should we
0: get an action star from the 80s i think that's what you do yeah (laughs) i think that's what you do and that's exactly what guggenheim did Oh, nailed in um, one.
1: Also, I can see it in the show notes because Dolph
0: Lundgren is is going to be uh, in Arrow this season as a flashback, yeah, character. Which means he's going to be a fucking Russian. He is a Russian. They've already confirmed that. Like, there's no way
1: he's yeah. not, He's. he's it, they probably just brought him in and like, you know, the character you were in Rocky three. You know, just play that, or was it Rocky four? Was four. Rocky four. Just do that. Um, you yeah. will lose. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, um,
0: man, I just why so here's the thing this article actually sheds some light on on one good thing though uh and that is season five of arrow Mm -hmm. this will be the last season to feature flashbacks they they've run out of seasons i mean unless they're gonna be
1: like you know you know what we should do we should flash back to the first flashbacks <laughs> dude. flashback to the first
0: season yeah. <laughs> that would be really funny all of a sudden tommy's back you're like yeah. what
1: why, why are you here always 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 like hey remember that time when this show used to be good and then and he goes right back to season one. Oh
0: god um I mean, yeah yeah so this is why I'm curious like eventually I'll watch the last couple episodes in this last season because <laughs> I still haven't done that um, but uh, season five I, I I'm i gonna I'm gonna watch it because I kind of have to yeah because it's like I keep hoping it's like an IPA because I didn't used to like IPAs and then one day my buddy brought home this stuff called Mega Monster that is like the Gilgamesh like Imperial IPA mm-hmm and I drank it and I was like that is so horribly bitter like it's terrible I want to do it again <laughs> and then after that I just started drinking IPAs <laughs> I think that's how everybody learns
1: to drink IPAs so like I'm really hoping and now you can't go back because every other beer tastes like like just
0: p- bland piss yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm really hoping that, that like the bitter that is season 4 of Say, Arrow would just- but that's where you're wrong because the IPA
1: was always good it just took you realizing it <laughs> Like, we, we're, I don't think we're, like, missing... Like, it's not going to be like we're going to look back on this in 10 years and be like, you know what? That yeah. was brilliant filmmaking. You're probably right. Yeah, you know, when Ollie was like... Dude, I just totally took out Raul Ghul and then ten seconds later got beat up by a girl who had about fifteen minutes of training. Uh, that I don't think we're ever going to look back and be like, "Yeah, I think that's actually really a metaphor for life." And what uh, Guggenheim was trying to express here was blah 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 blah. Yeah,
0: consistency, man. The yeah. show lacks consistency. Um, I mean, it's although it's been kind of it, consistently shitty for the last yeah, time it has been getting progressively worse. That's yeah. we we do yeah, it's got that. Uh, so. Yeah, let's let's pause before we talk about more news because I'm dry because my wife drank half my beer before we even started. <laughs> I was wondering why it took me so much longer.
2: All
1: right, okay. Um, On to more bright shining news in the DC universe. We've got uh, <laughs> or dark. Yeah so actually (laughs) did you look did you look at the picture yeah i actually like it henry cavill gave us a little taste of the costume for the justice league uh uh the superman costume of course on instagram and i suppose this could be considered a spoiler so if you don't want to hear it you should probably stop anytime in the last you know sentence that i've been spewing on and on forever now is
0: that picture even in this article
1: uh no i should have been like an instagram uh no yeah it's the link right before that one i think anyway the
0: wrong one yeah
1: i think you did uh, the the oh, yeah. thing we're talking about, of course, is the black suit. Yeah, yeah, we definitely got a very Man of Steel looking uh black suit here, and I'm 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 really happy to see this. This this looks really cool to me.
0: If you ever watched the Reign of Superman slash Return of Superman series that took place after the death of Superman, mm-hmm. um, he was buried in essentially a black version of the Superman costume, and when he when he came back from the dead. Like he kind of ran around in that for a while, like Sanscape Cape even yeah. for a while. So I do wonder if we're going to do sans Cape, which I, you know, go for it.
1: Uh, I, the only reason I wonder is because the suit, I think will end up looking a little reminiscent of the Zod suit. Yeah. Like there was, I think early rumors when they were talking about man of steel, um, when the Zod suit came out and they were, you know, thinking we were getting some sort of death of Superman
0: sort of storyline there because of that. But, um, yeah, no, this looks really cool to me. Yeah, one of the things that I really like about the Zack Snyder, um, universe uh, as it stands, is I really dig the Superman costume. Um, oh, it is pretty good. I it, it's I, grown on me actually. I should say. Well, it was a little bit brighter in Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. you know, for the shots that took place in the daylight anyway. Yeah. Um, and that's what completely sold me on it. I mean, I do like the whatever material this is. Like, I really like.
1: I remember when it first came, come, come, um, when the first costume leaks were dropping and stuff like that, I remember thinking it kind of looked like a basketball, but that's because at that time, it was sort of a different style. Uh, I can't remember if it was this or one of the Spider-Man movies that did it kind of uh, first, but texture being used in the suit was sort of a, a relatively new thing with Man of Steel. Yeah. Um the uh you know previous incarnation obviously with uh, superman returns is very much like uh closer to the um reeves costume it, it's basically tights it just maybe with a, a slightly lick, a thicker lining you know yeah so uh yeah th- this suit looks really cool but seeing seeing it in the black like as soon as i looked at it i was like what am i looking at for a second and i was like
0: oh yeah and like this is like we've talked about the color saturation of man of steel ad nauseum here but like in this still, that's actually from the first Man of Steel movie, mm-hmm. his costume right here is still darker than it is here in 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 a, in a, in in a, a night, night scene, scene from in Batman vs Superman. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah.
1: Um, I think they're probably finally learning from that a little bit. And I think this is one of the things that as, as they rest a little bit of control from Snyder on, on these films, I think that's one of the things that's probably going to change a little bit because I, it's not just us that's noticed it. It's not like we're just, you know, two nerds who are getting way overly excited about it. Um, although we are, but, uh, a lot of people have have noted that and i remember even as the wonder woman trailer came out a lot of the feedback i was seeing was kind of like wow you know like i can't, I can't b- believe how bright her suit is you know especially compared to the stills we were getting and what we saw in uh, batman versus superman so um yeah this looks really cool to me yeah yeah i agree moving on to the next piece of news which is actually tangentially related um
0: man of steel sequel yeah so. It's actually in the pipeline somewhere I mean, here's my thing on this, though. Do we have to have, like, sequels? I mean, I don't... Don't get me wrong. Like, I want another Superman movie. I definitely do. But does it have to be, like, a, quote, sequel to Man of Steel? Like, we've got this universe now, an extended universe... As it is, oh, you mean why is it more like comic book stories where it's sort of like a an entirely different storyline?
1: I don't know. I, I mean, it doesn't gonna...
0: necessarily have to be an entirely different storyline either. But like, do you have to just come out and say, yeah, we're doing a sequel to this now? Because originally, Batman versus Superman kind of was the sequel to Man of Steel, but then it broadened us into this like bigger place and yeah. it made the universe bigger, and 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 that's fine. But like, I I just hope we don't call it like Man of Steel two. Like maybe we just call it Superman or something you know what i mean like See, it actually could kind of would be interesting to me here because um presumably uh
1: actually no question we're getting the man of steel sequel after justice league and one of the big things that i think has been um not done particularly well but definitely something i think that we're trying to get across with both man of steel and batman versus superman he's not really superman yet like he's not really the Superman. Like he's very much, very much in the way that uh, if you read the comic books, New Fifty Two Superman compares to, uh, you know, say Superman Prime. Essentially, um, very much that sort of relationship right now. So I think we are we are slowly getting to the point where this Superman is going to become the Superman that we all think of. With Superman, Um, and I kind of hope that that's what this movie sets out to do. Like with the return uh, um, of Superman in the Justice League and coming back in the black suit and all that kind of stuff, I really, really hope this is the movie that finally is like, okay, here is the Superman you've been
0: waiting to see for the last two, three movies now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 looking forward to it. I'm going to see it. Um, I. Let, we've talked about this before. The direction that the the DC extended universe has gone so far isn't really the direction I would have seen it go in my head. But like, it's a comic book movie, and we're gonna go see it. Like, you know, in broad strokes, I think it's fine. Um, it's just there's a lot of execution details that aren't really there. Again, like, and this was kind of my feeling with Suicide Squad, and I think I talked about this a little bit last last show. But like, that's kind of one of the things that I really liked about it is because. The Suicide Squad story is not so weight bearing on the rest of the of the the yeah. extended universe that like I was able to actually kind of sit back and enjoy it quite mm-hmm. a bit more. Compartmentalize the thing a little bit, yeah.
1: Which I think kind of is you know with the exception of the fact that they decided to include the Joker and. um you know batman in the movie which again i haven't seen it so i don't know what the uh, you know the
0: the in involvement there is it, it it your exposure really be... to batman is a lot more limited in suicide squad yeah. than anything just, else it, even the joker the joker's not in it nearly as much as the previews would would have you believe yeah
1: actually much too. uh this didn't go in the show notes but leto is a little bit irritated with that because he came out and said like all of my best stuff got left on the cutting room floor essentially well i mean whatever (laughs) yeah um
0: unsurprisingly an actor came out and said he should have been in more of the movie i i'm not dissing him because i i i think for what he was given with the character i think he he did with it everything he could yeah um again i'm still not a fan of the direction they took with it though and that's not gonna change at this point so yeah um so Man of Steel sequel coming, and then finally
1: in the DC universe, we have some Aquaman news, and of course this being an yeah, Aquaman movie, um, you know, starring Cal Drogo, uh Jason Momoa, of course, um, or you know, Ronan Dax as we like to call him here at the what- Whatevery show. Yeah. It's got uh it's cast its villain, or uh, maybe not cast its villain, but has announced its its villain. And uh, if you've listened to us talk about the comics for the last couple of weeks, uh, months, I guess I should say, it won't come as a big shock to you that they are going with uh, probably one of the bigger villains in Aquaman history, uh, and that's uh, Black Manta.
0: Yeah, I don't think you can do the Aquaman movie and not do Black Manta as as the arch nemesis for it.
2: I
1: think it would be a hard sell unless they were going to go with, like,
0: a um, familiar. Well, like, the only...
1: You know, the recent memory stuff would have us seeing something like in uh, uh, Throne of Atlantis. Um, you know, power struggle on in Atlantis sort of thing.
0: What I like about Manta is... He is not a super villain. Mm-hmm. He's just a villain. Like, he's a dude in a diver suit mm-hmm. who uh whose dad happens to have been killed by aquaman. <laughs> see, that's what I'm I'm looking forward to see how they do that on the screen. The the aquaman that I'm seeing portrayed in at least in the the Justice League trailer and then and like he doesn't seem like a guy that gives a fuck though. <laughs> See, like, this is another, like, I hope that they're setting us up for something greater in the
1: long term because, yeah, he doesn't He doesn't to me. Like, it, it seems like a very early version. Like, this is another thing that, like, uh, I don't get why they're doing this in D.C. In D.C., all of the heroes seem far more conflicted about their, you know, places as heroes than I think most of us would probably think about. Like, I
0: mean, I think it's a testament to the world we live in. Um, But... That's the deal with comic books is comic books are a way to get away from the world that we live in for, you know, fifteen, twenty minutes or however long it takes you to to, to read a book. Yeah. Um so while I kind of understand why Snyder did with Man of Steel what he did and made made it a little bit darker and to try and match the times, there's a piece of us that when we pick up a comic book and read it, like we want to kind of be transported back to a more quote idealistic scenario where there happens to be men who can fly and things like that
1: see and i gave him a little bit more credit than i think i would have given him uh, um nowadays nowadays i think I, I i i take a little um i take umbrage i take umbrage with the direction they've gone a little bit in the dc universe with that especially with uh, superman because you know the the best analog i can think of, just of to superman is captain america um maybe not in power set obviously not in power set but no. c- uh, s- certainly in like character uh motivations character morale you know that that type of thing um just general you know everything outside of power set basically
2: well, i think of
1: i think of captain america
0: being you know the marvel analog and, uh, and marvel has been able to keep the uh yeah th- like like the genetics that make captain america captain america like on screen they've been able to like, he is a badass, but he still has his sense of right and wrong. Like, all the way down to, like, Tony Stark making fun of him for swearing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's actually one of the best pieces of dialogue from Age of Ultron was that whole thing when at the beginning of it. And he was like, whoa, you know, potty mouth <laughs> or whatever Did you just said, say language? Yeah, language. Yeah. Yeah. Language. yeah. <laughs> yeah so um and that's the thing that i i
1: think i i do not like so much about the dc universe as we have it now is that
2: um everybody's got a
0: chip on their shoulder for some
1: reason i do yeah i do think the essence of a lot of these characters is missing in that fundamental regard especially most prominent and evident with superman well and it's it's weird
0: because like the characters that should have a chip on their shoulder like barry allen for all intents and purposes like he is consumed by the death of his mom yeah, and quite a lot
1: of the storyline, and and I think nowadays and, when we think about Barry Allen, we're and, definitely thinking about that Barry Allen.
0: Well, yeah, and that's that's kind of the essence of what it is. But like, and I haven't seen Justice League yet, so I can't tell you what direction they're taking. But like, hippie stoner is not the way I would go to. I I do think they're doing that a little bit, although he does have essentially the Batcave in.
1: You know, does yeah the aesthetic I'm getting a little bit is that he he does have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. But um, I don't know. We'll see it's just the way that they're handling this, like with this whole reluctant, um, you know, especially most evident, I think with Superman, but even seeing it in Aquaman a little bit, like if you compare what you've seen so far from um, Aquaman in the film universe compared to like any other Aquaman book, I just don't see it. Like the last comic we were reading with Aquaman has him essentially going on about how hopeful he is about relations between Atlantis and all of that. And it's it's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine uh, um, Momoa's Aquaman ever, as that ever in that same place, yeah. yeah.
0: As he's down in a bottle of whiskey and yeah. Had it. I actually saw another article today that um, one of the one of the creators at DC uh, for the for the film side of things talked about how uh, Jason Momoa's Aquaman is is kind of their analog to Marvel's Wolverine, and that's not what I picture Aquaman as.
1: Like, how the fuck did they get to
0: that? Yeah, like, it's. You're taking liberties to do it, and that's you know whatever it is what it is the one thing that I think is kind of a benefit to to them really wreaking havoc with like the men in the universe is it's making Wonder Woman like the standout from the series so far because everything that they've done with her so far has been right and I haven't seen the movie obviously because we don't get it until next year but like that trailer gives me chills still every time I watch it because it just looks so fucking badass it
1: does look badass and it does that is definitely the first one that I've watched and I've been like "Yeah. yeah yeah it seems like they get Wonder Woman yeah weird Um, But yeah, the the other ones, it's kind of, I don't know, this sort of odd situation where they they want to make it new and fresh and stuff like that and updated for a modern audience. They're just going about it the wrong way. Like, I think they just, they keep just being like, uh, you guys remember the Dark Knight? Can you do that with all the characters? Just all the characters? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on Um, into the Marvel Universe, actually. We have uh, something that I don't think is surprising at all for most of us, but uh, Bucky, uh, Bucky Barnes, otherwise known as the Winter Soldier is going to be back uh for infinity war
0: yeah and i didn't actually so i'm i'm a bad host again like i didn't read the article in full so i don't i didn't read whether or not this is happening in infinity war part one or part two or both i didn't i imagine it's part one yeah i mean i it's kind of the way you have to go with it I
1: i I do think that this universe is setting him up to eventually pick up the shield like we do get in some of the
0: the comics um I hope so, because I think he's one of my favorite characters so far. Yeah. I mean, well, I take that back because I love the entire cast from uh, Winter Soldier through Civil War. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) I can't really... I got to say, like, this is one of the
1: ones that's surprising to me because... um, see and this this again is is something that I think is huge like as dated like Bucky Barnes when I first heard him in the Captain America movie I was like Jesus Christ his name is really Bucky and I was like right yeah okay so they're just taking that from a comic and we're talking about Captain America so we're going back to a you know golden age comic um and you know, picking up a character from there, and then you know when he got off in Captain America, I was like, okay, well, whatever, because yeah. I didn't know anything about him or that character. And then when he came back in Civil War, or uh, not Civil War, sorry, Winter Soldier. Uh, Winter Soldier, I remember actually being a little bit surprised by that. i being like, whoa, you know, like I think I think I figured it out. Re- well, no, no, I think the first time I saw it, I was actually legit surprised to see him back, and I remember that being like, a, like a really actually pretty cool thing. So
0: you see. I wish I could do that sometimes. I wish I could take a step outside of myself and watch a movie and, and be Not, surprised no, by it because yeah. like, I knew that Bucky was the Winter Soldier from years of reading Marvel Comics and whatnot. So yeah. to me, that wasn't like a big moment you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was like when we when we all went and saw Donna Justice, and like Bryce was like, "Well, wow, I didn't know Doomsday was going to be in that." And I'm like, "Well, you apparently haven't fucking opened your eyes in the last six months, then."
1: Yeah, <laughs> but- like,
0: how, how did you? I mean, I guess you know. Again,
1: I, I wish I was not me, and like one of my you know primary you know forms of entertainment wasn't like reading every single little piece of minutia about most of this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, with rare exception, I, like I will say, like. I, I, no it's really mostly up to the filmmakers most of the time like star wars i was really pleasantly surprised by that i knew so little going into it but i think that's mostly because they released so little going into it whereas you know with batman versus superman yep watched the same amount of stuff that i did for every other movie and what came out of the you know came into the theater knowing basically all but the final you know death of superman storyline so yeah um yeah. So anyway, Bucky's going to be back in Infinity War, which uh doesn't surprise me at all and you know, I would have been kind of surprised if he wasn't. So. Yeah, me too. Uh he's kind of a big deal in the last movie. I don't know if you saw Civil War, but Bucky was kind of one of the central characters, so it seems like they are definitely giving him a pretty big role. Also, we we have talked about this on the show. Sebastian Stan has one of the longest or biggest contracts in the Marvel universe right now, so it's going to be fairly likely that he's going to be back
0: for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh the good news too about this is that not only are we going to get to see him in it but if that's the case then we're actually going to get more panther um as well since we mm-hmm. if we watch the mid credit scene at the end of of Civil War like you saw Bucky getting put into cryostasis in Wakanda yeah see like
1: i really hope that this becomes for marvel like what disney's doing with star wars like i would really love to see them um do the same kind of thing where they have, you know, like the proper titles, you know, like we get episode seven and then we've got Rogue uh, Rogue One and then we get episode eight and then presumably the Han Solo movie is after that and then on and on and on in perpetuity. Like that would make me so happy if they did something similar with Civil War because now or not Civil War, but with the Marvel Universe, because
0: the Marvel Universe is, is starting to get quite a roster of characters. Huge. Yeah. I mean, some so, contracts are coming up and some of them probably won't be renewed like Downey Jr. I don't think we're going to see much past. Uh, infinity war or spider-man it's getting so. kind of
1: hard uh, because he's you know like there's some real world considerations where like Downey jr i mean they just they can afford him obviously but it, it does get painful when he's like 25 percent of the movie's budget or something like
0: that so well and it's also kind of the thing that he's like and he's been talking about this since iron man 3 like he's getting a older well it's not even the old thing like he, I wants don't think to he wants quit to be quit iron before man. he gets showed the door. You know what I mean? That's yeah. kind of one the like he doesn't want people to get tired of him as being Tony Stark, which I personally can't see. Yeah, you know what's he's funny? he's so good at it.
1: Like, um, what usually tires you on or soars you out on a character is probably um, their shittier movies. So like, I was thinking what immediately sprung, sprung to mind was Christopher Reeve. I uh, always fuck it up. Is it Reeve Reeves? It's Reeve. Reeve, good george reeves ha uh so christopher reeve you know like i still he's still like one of my all-time favorite portrayals of uh superman in spite of the fact that superman 4 exists in this world right now
0: yeah and three for that matter
1: yeah and three for that matter and while um you know there's there's a couple of other things that i you know like toby mcguire spider-man one and two were really good Spider-Man 3 was complete dog shit, but, uh, you know, and, and I think that soured a lot of people, but I think looking back on it, we'll probably still look on Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man fairly fondly.
0: Yeah. I I like the new kid though. Yeah, I do too. Tom Holland, like... It's so funny because
1: go back and listen to our old episodes about that and we were all like, you know, we're all doing, we're all doing that Heath Ledger hedge now. I I think that the, uh the thing where we we don't want to be too down on casting because everybody was pissing all over Heath Ledger as the Joker and of course that went well so um we don't want to be so epically wrong as we were before but uh going back to and listening to the ones where we first talked about Tom Holland being cast we we're kind of like whatever and then i think the the most positive thing i had to say was he does a backflip off of a trampoline and i was like well okay that makes sense sense a little bit you know um what what
0: what cracks me up too is that like Spider Man is one of those things where we have accepted the movies that we've been given. Yeah. Sand Spider Man three. Mm-hmm. Because they're again, they're superhero movies. Like they're like, they're doing this. They're actually doing this. Mm-hmm. Um But with the exception of a couple one liners in Spider Man one and two from mm-hmm. Toby, like we've never really gotten the overly chatty yeah. Comic it's not exactly a Spider Man Um and that's always been kind of one of his things is like he's kind of meek and 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 shy when he's Peter Parker, but when he puts on the costume and he's like out catching criminals, like that's that's like the the only time he's comfortable like being
1: himself. See, like being a resident uh, Ultimate Spider-Man fanboy, I will t- uh, talk about that for a second. They did a really good job, and I think in Ultimate Spider-Man, basically explaining that a little bit. Like, um, so same sort of story. Peter Parker in real life is fairly meek, shy, etc. But when he puts on the suit, um, he's kind of he starts cracking jokes pretty early on, and he's kind of like, God, if I don't make jokes, I'm gonna stop and think about how exactly fucked up this is. Yeah, you know. Um, and, and it just sort of grows from there until the fact the part where he's like, uh, you know sitting next to Kingpin, and Kingpin says, did you web my feet to the floor, young man? And, and of course, Spider-Man's like, you know, cracking more jokes about that so, and before jumping out the window, so. Right. Um, yeah, I, I'm really excited to see that because I think that this character is going to probably be, at least from what we've seen from Civil War, this is going to be the Spider-Man, like the, by far the one that gets Spider-Man as close to correct as possible. And, you know, the failing I think with amazing uh, and um, Garfield, Spider-Man, which again, no fault to either the actors, uh, Toby or, or Andrew Garfield um, is that his, his Spider-Man was a little bit too cool for school. Like was a little bit more serious too. A little bit serious in places. He did get the quippy one-liners, I think a bit better than, than, um, and the sarcasm part of Spider-Man better than the previous incarnation. But uh, you know, Spider Man, it and Peter Parker just generally are, is kind of a nerd. Like he's an outcast, and that that uh Peter Parker didn't really come off like that to me. Like, um, it, you know, they kind of tried to say like it was almost like one of those like, well, we'll tell the audience he's a nerd through you know shitty exposition, and then immediately have him hook up with like the hottest girl in school. I I get why they did
0: that with the Garfield character though. Yeah, because let's face it like we're sitting here talking about comic book movies and at the end of the day comic book movies are like the top grossing movies that exist now yeah so like the nerd chic is kind of it see but uh, and that's what they did with peter parker they're like well nerds are cool now so he's yeah. gonna be a cool nerd
1: that but that, that's another thing like um but that's you know, part just... of
0: who peter parker was like he was not accepted because he was and talking Smart. about,
1: and it's not even good storytelling, folks, if you're listening, uh, Sony, it, this is one of the reasons why you need Marvel to come in and, and uh, do, give you some of the storytelling stuff. Because one, what they missed by doing that is that what's wonderful, one of my favorite things about Peter Parker and Spider-Man in general is he's the ultimate underdog. Like, yeah just the ultimate underdog um and peter parker and sort of oddly because eventually obviously he he picks up the spider powers and becomes super awesome but he still you know struggles for money and you know like that 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 joke comes up multiple
0: times throughout the different comic books peter um, parker would have fallen off his skateboard yeah totally like there's no like until he got bit by that spider like he didn't have any kind of sense of balance or anything like that
1: yeah and that's one of the things that makes it so you know again you're missing one of the big things that makes spider-man spider-man and that is not that he's cool and has this you know ultimate sense of morality in fact it's quite the opposite he learns basically he he his um his character you know grows through you know his tragedies and stuff like that so anyway sonny uh you know just let Marvel tell you what to do. Yeah, figure and it out. Bankroll the movies and let them tell you what to do. Exactly. Yeah, that was a digression. Uh, Bucky Barnes and Infinity War. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah. Miscellaneous news this Ghostbusters. week. Ghostbusters. Yeah, Ghostbusters. Anybody see Ghostbusters? I didn't. No? Nah. I no. I mean, I will. I'm not... I'll see it on DVD at some point. I don't,
0: yeah, I don't ever take the critics' words for it. Or when anything it hits like that, streaming, so yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. But so
1: this was an interesting tactic, I think, from the movie makers here, because by most accounts, the movie was not a particularly standard. of success. No, uh, and it definitely wasn't really successful outside. of, Even you know, past critically, it wasn't successful. You know, by most measures, I don't think. Um, so what's interesting here is rather than be like, "Oh, we should have made a better movie," they were like, "Well, you're all sexist."
0: Yeah, and I don't think that's kind of the point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like here okay, I have heard great things about the movie when it comes to how the women were portrayed um as not being damsels in distress. In fact, the the only like pseudo lead by a male was kind of the one that needed rescuing and that was played extremely well by by Chris Hemsworth from what I heard. Yeah. Um and that's fine. But again, when it comes to uh, sexism and things like that, don't be fucking ham-fisted about it. See, there's a lot of things in here that just do not make sense to
1: me as a movie. So again, take this with a giant grain of salt because I have not seen the movie. Um, but number one, so like let's just, let's just take the whole gender swapping thing for a second. doesn't really bother me uh, that they can tell a good story by swapping the genders. I think it's a little bit of a... Um, It's a little unoriginal. Again, I haven't seen the movie, and I don't know exactly how they got to that point, or if it's just like a straight reboot. I don't think this movie is a straight reboot. No?
0: I don't know. I I haven't watched it. But I mean, I think so it's I think it's a pseudo reboot. One least, of the interesting least, so. things is
1: the 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 movie makers and the stars are all basically calling the fans sexist, or you know, the not fans, the people you know who didn't like the movie, which is a lot of people, uh, and who didn't pay tickets to, pay for the tickets to see it. They're calling them sexist, you know, and stuff like that. But one of the things that's pretty obviously sexist to me is they took the um, God fuck me, I can't remember the actual name of the character Janine. Um, yeah, I can Janine. Uh, they took her character, and when they gender swapped her character, she suddenly got super hot. Like, right? I, yeah, like Janine in the movie. And, and what I have heard from uh the people in the movie or people talking about the movie is that uh, it, it sort of goes past that. It's not like just that. Um, you know, Janine. You know, like if you picture the male version of Janine, I don't come up with Chris Hemsworth. Uh, just like any way you slice that. Sorry, the woman who played Janine, very attractive lady. the but- bots. Annie Potts Annie Potts I do actually she was pretty yeah. uh, but she's not like Chris Hemsworth pretty like honestly between the two of them like I'd probably do Chris Hemsworth first
0: have you seen the movie Vacation yet no am I gonna be even gayer cause you should see the movie Vacation um, just because of his dick <laughs> And th- that is a new record for the gayest thing that's on the show <laughs> and and i mean i mean just the way that they the his character in that movie is fucking hilarious amazing um yeah. but yeah okay i'll check it out
1: yeah but um anyway so that's the thing that's interesting to me like there's this um idea of sexism but it doesn't apply the other way around which to me i don't really like i mean it's easy for me to say as a white male sitting here in my you know tower of patriarchy but uh you know if you were gonna not be sexist about it and you were just gonna swap genders you wouldn't necessarily cast cast chris hemsworth in place of annie potts uh you know in, in that role um, so that's interesting to me. And then the other thing that I've heard of quite a lot about this movie is like when you stop and think about it th- that way, it just leads you to realize exactly how uh, missed, missed, uh, done that role was. Uh, you know, Chris Hemsworth basically is dumb eye candy, uh, whereas Andy Potts was actually, you know, kind of like uh, in a lot of ways the smart one in the room. Yeah, she was snarky. Snarky, smart, you know, yeah. et cetera. Um, he plays a dumb blonde. Yeah. So again, interesting. I don't, I don't but. I don't know. I want to see the movie because I think I need to get a good honest feel for this because one of the things that I really do not like, like I really do like feminism that advances things that advance the cause of feminism um, by showing, uh, you know, basically by making women uh, uh, just regular characters. Like if you stop thinking about sex for a second... Um, unless it's entirely necessary for the story like you can't tell Romeo and Juliet without thinking about sex but if you stop thinking about sex and what defines characters uh, you know gender roles should be a fairly small part of it and so when they make it so obvious like this it's a little bit um, you know like okay are they gonna are they just using this gimmick you know essentially is it just a gimmick that's that's right. the thing that I want to know is is the feminism angle here just going to be a gimmick And and what I've heard a lot about this movie is that yes it kind of is
0: well and here's the thing man Is the movie was it recast with with an all woman ensemble for the Ghostbusters because the studio really had the altruistic feminism angle in mind, or is it because they know that they don't have to pay four lead women actors as much as they would if they were men? (laughs) I'm I'm serious. No, I don't. That's the case. I mean, first off, I don't because I guarantee Hemsworth made as much as Melissa McCarthy did.
1: I would be really interested to see that. Um, the, the, uh, gender gap pay thing. Um, yeah, that would be really interesting, but I think, uh, you know, the thing should be like, okay, that is an interesting, you
0: know, uh, I, I guess uh, what I'm saying is don't bust our balls and, and call us sexist because this movie wasn't successful. If that, I mean, if that wasn't your ultimate goal either, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Like the, th- the thing about this is like. I don't know. I I just want to be told. St- well, no, that's not entirely true. When, when you talk about this kind of stuff with feminism and you know whatever sort of you know promotion of minorities, which I'm all for, I just don't want it to get, distract from the actual thing.
0: Like the I, first I, thing that you should do when you're making a movie is set out to is make a good movie, tell a good story. Yeah. The characters, if the story is good, the characters will flesh themselves out. Yeah. whether they're a man or a woman or anything else and that honestly like to your point shouldn't matter. Like gender swapped roles is a an
1: an elevator pitch like we're going to do the Ghostbusters but we're going to make them all women. Like that's an that's a 5 second elevator pitch and okay that's fine but that's not a story that's not a good story that doesn't even you know like that that, that's only you know basically a hook to get people to watch the thing it doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be any sort of good and that's what i'm wondering about this particular movie is if if it is any sort of good or if that that is just a hook that's trying to draw us in yeah because here's the sad thing about this is that when you do something like that and it doesn't work if, if the movie's not really good, then it just highlights that. And then now what you have essentially is, um, you know, fans of feminism and pushing that sort of thing, being disappointed that it's not as good and opponents of feminism or whatever, you know, sort of ideology ideology going into that thinking,
0: well, wow, it would have been a lot better movie if we had just cast men,
1: you know? Yeah. I
0: don't know that's the case. And here's the thing. I don't even necessarily know this is a bad movie. I haven't watched it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, But I think it's unfair to just assume that if it didn't do well, that it's because we're all all a bunch of sexist pigs. Yeah. The finger pointing after the fact, I think, is kind of lame, especially when you did something that was so transparent that it turned people off before they ever even walked into the theater.
1: I I will say the thing that's a little bit down here about this movie is um, if you read or, you know, I have caught several different pieces about the backlash that the actresses and uh, so on received about this movie, and those people are by and large just giant assholes like um and that sort of colors your worldview like if you're if you're a person who's getting up every morning and reading tweets that over and over again just are telling you what a giant piece of shit you are for being a woman um you know that that probably makes it hard not to have your worldview colored by that and go out and say well the movie didn't do well because uh, um everybody's sexist um, which isn't really reality, but when you're getting a steady stream of bullshit fed into your mouth, it's hard to you know not taste that the rest of the time. So, yeah, no, I get it. I mean, that's
0: yeah. It's just I, I, don't, I know. don't know.
1: Just people. The short short of it is, you know, follow Wheaton's law. Don't be a dick. Yeah, you know?
0: that's bad. That's basically it.
1: Yeah. Um. Uh, Pokemon Go. Yeah. Now with more grass.
0: Awesome. Um, Said no one. So they took the footsteps out. That was one update.
1: Yeah, I got what would have been and horrible then, if they had just left those in.
0: And then uh now there there's grass behind them. Yeah. Um and I, I actually so the the I don't know, man. It's it's now based on sightings apparently. Mhm. Um and you don't always see grass behind it because a, 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 apparently if the Pokemon are near like a Pokestop and whatnot, you see the actual picture from the Pokestop around it. Ooh. I haven't seen it yet personally myself.
1: I was just gonna say, you know, this this is I think sort of telling about how this game is gonna go. I, I really haven't played it all that much. Um they're trying to fix the tracker, yeah. but I
0: think the answer to that is not pulling it out completely. Um
1: um, you know, I think thinking about this now, I th- I do think this is going to be a little bit of a fad. Like I know we were pretty hot on it and I've been pretty hot on it I still like the game. Um, but I remember the first couple weeks playing it, like I actually made time to go play the game, like go walk around the neighborhood and all that kind of crap. And now it's just kind of like, I can't be bothered. And I don't know if the- it could just be me. Like it could just be
0: because I've been busy and there really isn't is just a lot you of time. though. Like, cause that's the thing. Like if it's just me, like I won't go out, but like. Uh, Bryce and Sam were here this weekend and Sam is not a Pokemon Go player at all mm-hmm. but we made him download it and install it and then like we went on a walk that literally didn't take that long but
2: mm-hmm. like
0: we were able to hit like 20 Pokestops yeah the you, way you're sort of in like the Poke, Pokestop gold mine yeah like so I mean I'll, I'll, I'll do that kind of thing like if there's more than just me but if it's just me sitting around at night and my kids are in bed and my wife's sleeping already i like eh, I'll just watch wrestling yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think that's
1: been a thing for me too. Like, um, most of the time my playing Pokemon Go with the kids was after what most people would call a responsible time to put your kids to bed. So, um, we haven't been playing as much
0: because of that either. So, yeah. Uh, I just, I like it. I'm kind of frustrated though because I, I hatched my second 10K egg.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and I got another fucking Onyx. <laughs> that's the first well, that that's what i got out of the first one like i only hatched two um not because i'm a lazy bastard but because i've actually only gotten two of the 10k eggs mm-hmm. uh, but they were both a fucking onyx this one was stronger than the other one but like they like when you power it up it doesn't go up very much at one time and he's almost maxed so yeah. i'm just like no well, a little
1: disappointing for 10k
0: yeah i was actually more excited because i hatched a 2k egg and got a zubat and I already had a Zubat but that one put me over the top for the amount of candy that I needed to evolve it into a Golbat which it didn't have. <laughs> yeah. So, go figure. Yeah. Um Yeah, I'll I'll keep playing it. I mean, it's it's fun. I like- I
1: just I still I still am going to going to as well. Like there was another like they had an event down here um, you know, a couple weeks ago and I got to come down and do that. No, not a couple. Last week, I think. And then there's another event coming up uh, soon, and then another event after that. And I do want to go to those things, because those actually were fun. Like, I was surprised to see how many people just exactly are out doing those things. What's crazy
0: is, like, the last one that we did here in town that you came to, Mm -hmm. like, you came in at the tail end, and there wasn't as many people. Like, when it first started, there was, like, hundreds of people up and down the block. Like, it was nuts. Wow. So, and they're doing it again. I'm not going to be able to go to this one, because this one's from, like, 11 to 2. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to And it's a Saturday, and I work. So,
1: yeah. Um moving on, I want to talk about Stranger Things which uh Matt has not watched yet. So You'll basically I
0: reordered some things.
1: Yeah. What uh <laughs> what I'm basically going to do essentially is give the pitch to Matt. So there's a lot of things about Stranger Things that I like. Uh so th- this is a weird way to describe it. Um I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. Actually, Stranger Things is, of course, a Netflix series that uh, came out not too long ago. Uh, so, and of course, they're all available right now. There's only eight episodes in the season, and the season's just damn good the whole time through. Um, there's a one of the things that I like about it is that it's a period piece set in the early '80s. I think it's set in like 1983, and so this is interesting because uh, having been born in 1983, it's far enough away that it's it's uh, now it has that nice nostalgia feel, but also not so far, you know um and and there's honestly not a whole lot of stuff I think that's set in that time period right now
0: um but there's not a lot of one of those things that I'll pick apart because. I was five in 1983 and I'll be like that's not how shit was yeah
1: there there are some um, I have read quite more than is probably healthy about the show so the kids um, there's there's a predominantly child actor cast in this or one of the, one of the bigger child actor casts that I've seen and the, that's actually not bad like uh, the kids are really really good in this um, the other thing that I really like is that um, and this is set up within the first like 10 seconds of the show um, but the kids are basically a D&D group like that's one of the ways that they bond their D&D group and they actually finally get that shit kind of correct. Like the whole thing like I got a very big nostalgia feeling, you know, watching that because it reminded me of like actual childhood. Um so that part's cool. Uh, but but there's so much stuff like that like this sh- the show actually you know aside from these you know little tropes and things like that manages to be good beyond that um, there's not a lot I can talk about here because I don't want to spoil anything but there's a lot of callbacks and little things that are very very cool about how they tell the story too um, like the D&D thing plays into more than just a setup for the characters there's a lot of things like if you go back and watch those scenes specifically when they're playing D- D- D&D sets up a lot of the rest of the show um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of interesting stuff in the show. Um, it also does a good job of subver- subverting some tropes. Like there are some characters who are very clearly set out to you know basically mirror the cast of the be- Breakfast Club that they manage to do some interesting things with. So, um,
0: does one of them scream until glass breaks?
1: No, Oh? I don't think so.
0: I mean, you said Breakfast Club, and I it's thought right. Emilio. Yeah,
1: should have been Emilio. Sorry. But, well, uh, I
0: mean, he's not a child actor anymore, so
1: <laughs> no, he's like a, older than we are. Yeah. Quite yeah. a bit. So, um, the other thing I like too, is that there's like sort of these distinct age groups of, uh, characters and stories in the show. And those actually managed to be sort of like different, um, methods for storytelling as well. So, uh, you know, again, I don't want to spoil anything, so I don't want to go too, too deep into this, but I, I just, the show is really good. Um, I encourage you to watch it, you know, listener, or you know Matt, who's sitting right across from me. Uh, <laughs> you you should definitely watch the show uh, um, because a it's only eight episodes so far, and uh, b it's really really good. So it's not a, an incredibly huge outlay of time, um, but it it is a really solid show.
0: I really dig the Netflix model. I super do. You know, and, and I was listening to something earlier today that was talking about this too, and it's like one of the cool things about Netflix is they don't tell you even as a show creator, like how a specific show is doing.
1: They, well, no, not really. Because,
0: Um, because ultimately their revenue is based on subscriptions. And so like if they're still gaining subs every month, like they don't give a shit. So there's a lot
1: of things that are like about the Netflix model. And that is one
0: piece of it. Although they do a little bit because they don't do pilots. Like they're just like, here's a whole season. We're just just going to do a season of a show. Yeah. And if it does well, you know, I mean, if, if we still keep getting subscribers then we'll keep doing more, Yeah, you know, and like that's, so we get daredevil, right? And granted, I think daredevil probably is one of the more successful shows that they have if there's a way to really measure that. But like,
1: okay, so this is actually where I want to interject for half a second. This is the model of the future. They have that. They know exactly how many people watch this shit. Yeah, but they, they don't know tell ex- people. They don't tell you. They don't ever come out and say like, uh, you know, th- this show's awesome and it got this many views or whatever. Um, But they know exactly how many. So like when, um, you know, th- this show's already been announced for a renewal, having only been out for a couple weeks. That's a pretty strong
0: fucking sign that a lot of people are watching the show. Uh, Fuller House, like the day it launched was they they'd greenlit. Yeah. A whole nother season two. So yeah. That's I mean, yeah, they have the data. Yeah, so they, they clearly um, know doing. And you how can the kind of doing. read between the lines and see that stuff. But like Um, you could you get you get subscribers though that are like, well, my friend told me Orange is the New Black is a good show, so I'm gonna I'm gonna sub for that. Um and ultimately what it comes down to is yes, they have the data, but in a sense they kind of don't care. They're just like, Okay, like we're getting subscriptions we're not losing subscriptions so let's just keep making fucking shows speaking of that um i finally finished jessica jones yeah uh yeah really dug it i was disappointed by one thing though go on and that is and this is spoilers if you haven't watched it um david Tennant, um his character the purple man mm-hmm. or what's his fucking name um killgrave killgrave yeah killgrave when he had his dad make the, the formula more potent, mm-hmm. and then he, he, he injected himself with it, like he started turning purple, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my God, he's going to be purple in the last episode, and he totally wasn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted him to be. Yeah. I, did they call him the purple man on the show? Not once ever, I don't think. Yeah. They they refer to a man dressed in purple, because he wears purple a lot. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. No, I really dug it, though, and what I really liked about it more than anything, and this is telling of me as as a person who likes a good story um is after she broke his neck spoilers Mm -hmm. like that didn't just end there like it wasn't just happily ever after like there was a whole another scene where like she's been arrested for the murder of kilgrave and like the lawyer the cutthroat bitch lawyer has to like Mm -hmm. plead her case like to the da basically yeah um and i thought that was really smart storytelling i liked i liked the end of that so Yeah. I really like the Netflix
1: model because it is the ultimate meritocracy. Like you, at least in, you know, modern TV age, like you can't make excuses about like, Oh, it aired at the wrong time or we didn't play it to this demo correctly or blah, blah, blah. Like it is very much like a, um, and a big thing of it is that it survives on word of mouth like yeah. I have seen zero advertisement for Stranger Things the reason I picked it up is because I heard you know one two three four people that I listened to podcasts for Chris that Hardwick I, I think Twitter talked about it like that. pretty
0: regularly for a while yeah as well.
1: or, or you know I came across it on Reddit like that's kind of my rule of thumb like after I come across it the third or fourth time there's a decent ch- in like these other circles that I really really enjoy there's a really solid fucking chance that I'm going to actually want to watch this thing so um, <laughs> I gave it a shot me and my wife watched it together and you know as much as i've bitched about on the show about how my wife and i never get through a series because we don't have time we made time for this one like we were watching the last episode it was like one in the morning and we were like well there's one more left and i already hit the play button by the end of the sentence and we were both totally fine with that so Yeah. yeah um yeah anyway stranger things um this this is another one of those like again, just use the same logic I did. Where there is smoke, there is fire. I am telling you, it's a good show. Watch it.
0: Yeah. One more note about Jessica Jones, too. Yeah. Is um the second half of the season? Not even the second half, because I think when we talked about it last on the show, I think I was up through like episode eight or nine, so yeah. I was more than halfway through. But um, the last few episodes, like you really get to see a lot more Luke Cage, mm-hmm. um, and with his character and whatnot um and you get to see uh the night nurse come back like Rosario Dawson's character like she's on i only i think one or two episodes mm-hmm. but she just she adds so much to those shows just by being who she is where she is and stuff like that she's more prominent in the first season of Daredevil than she is in anything else because she's only in a few episodes in season 2 and only in a couple episodes of Jessica Jones and whatnot but like i i it's a very good piece of shared continuity. I would wager to guess that we're going to see her be a little bit more prominent in Luke Cage in September, and I I hope that's the case because that's kind of where she gained her notoriety in the comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I mean, we've we've already seen her introduction, um, the kind of essentially the way that she was introduced in the in the Marvel comics, um, only instead of it being Luke Cage, it was Daredevil. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe she won't be as prominent as that I'm thinking, but I'm, maybe I'm reading too much into it. But I'm, I'm kind of hoping because um, she's a really good straight man to the craziness that is super powered human beings. Yeah. So anyway, I really enjoyed it. Um, I It's one of those shows that like every time I sat down to watch it, I was like, fuck, why don't I make time to do this more? Because this is a good show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, watch it. And then in September, like next month, like within weeks, we're going to have Luke Cage, I think. So
1: Yeah, totally. Um, see, so that's another thing, too. Like, I do think there's probably a metric for that. Like, at Netflix, like, they can see, like, okay, this show wasn't hot out of the gates, but you know what? Something like 400 people watch it every single month. Like, how many subs are we selling, you know, based on yeah. that long term data? Um, so, I, I do think they have some of those, you know, like Daredevil, I think, is probably one of those big flash in the pan releases or something like that. And I think Jessica Jones could be more, one of those more, like, lots more people watch it over the run of the thing.
0: Yeah, and it's telling as. Um, to me, because, like, Daredevil, like, it took me kind of a while to finish it, mm-hmm. the first season. And then Jessica Jones came out, and I just now finished it. Mm-hmm. But Daredevil 2, like, season 2 came out after Jessica Jones, and I watched that in, like, two days. Yeah. But if you watch Jessica Jones, the storytelling, almost smarter, in a way. Mm, yeah, that's fair. You know? uh, So...
1: There not like the crux of not having quite the budget like i I yeah. don't think Jessica Jones was done with the budget that Daredevil had, so they have to f- rely a little bit better on the storytelling, which you know definitely could be a a point in its favor depending on what kind of television watcher you are.
0: but I honestly don't know that I would say that the Daredevil show is better than Jessica Jones or vice versa like they're they're so complementary to each other, especially like again with um with Rosario Dawson's character, like being like the 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 cross continuity yeah you know, role. It, I like it. I like that show a lot. And again, I'm pissed off cause I didn't make time to watch it more often. So totally. Um, yeah.
1: Hell's kitchen, hell's kitchen is a nice place to be if you're on Netflix.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm super looking forward to Luke cage. Like I'm going to try not to, not to fall off. the See, That's
1: the thing, the thing that the I bandwagon. <laughs> that's the thing that I noticed is that I, they, they blend together in my head a little bit, like
0: yeah. in, in the best way. So yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, so I heard you falling off the wagon
0: i did fall off the wagon a little bit um so uh anybody who knows me or has known me for any length of time knows that uh there's a video game that i um have been playing for 12 years I think. somewhere like around lots of people i'm sure um yeah um and i did it again i i went ahead and, and re-upped my subscription so just for a 2nd
1: how many people do you think that are listening right now having a, a not given away a title or any sort of leading hints know exactly what you're talking about based so far just basically on this?
0: Well, given that like four people listen to our show, maybe two.
1: I'm just saying, if you <laughs> if you made that four million, I have a suspicion that the vast majority of them would already know exactly what we're talking about.
0: Yeah. Um. So what I'm talking about is World of Warcraft. Uh-huh. Um. There's an expansion coming out at the end of the month and I'm going to expansion coming out at the end of the month. I'm going to uh, I'm going to buy it, I, and this is the thing. Like I usually do buy the expansion uh, pretty close to release, and then I play it for a while, and then I get reach the level cap, and then I'm like, oh well, okay. I guess I'm done for a while. Yeah. Um, here's the thing, though with with the last one, I didn't reach the level cap. Like I'm still at the level cap from uh, Mists of Pandaria, mm-hmm. and Warlords of Draenor came out since then, and I I bought it but I got it like around the holidays when it was super duper cheap. Like I think I paid like 10 bucks for it or some shit like that. Um, and Legion is the new one that's coming out. And, uh, so I'm going to have like 20 levels to actually gain Pick up, Wow. Or is it 20? I, I can't remember if the level caps a hundred or
1: 110. now, Dude, I have no clue. I can't even remember the last time I played with any seriousness. I think the last time probably that I started playing was like around the, um, I don't want to say it was the Lich King. What was after that?
0: Or was that... Burning Crusade was after Lich King. I
1: think I, I played for a little while around Burning Crusade, but I don't even think I got the expansion at that point. I think I was just playing Vanilla. Or not Burning Crusade.
0: Yeah. Uh, Fucking uh, Burning Crusade was the first expansion. Fuck me. Um, Cataclysm.
1: Okay. No, no. then it was probably Lich King then. Because I think I played after... You know, there was one or two out, and I was like, well... <laughs> You know, I don't know if I'm going to play this enough to justify buying the expansions, and I was nowhere near the level cap at the time, so...
0: What I found out is crazy. So, okay, when I bought the Warlords of Draenor expansion, I was super cheap, because, like, I hadn't been working that long. Um, Well, I had been working for a while um, after my period of unemployment, but my wife had gone to school and whatnot, so we didn't have, like, a ton of money. Mm -hmm. So when I bought it, I bought... I got the game, like, the expansion for super cheap. Mm Mm-hmm. And what they've started doing now is like they roll whatever the previous expansion was into the starter edition. And okay. it was also on super duper sale. So I, I, I essentially bought like a five dollar starter edition mm-hmm. and the expansion and it cost me less than twenty bucks for mm-hmm. the whole thing, or maybe it was around twenty bucks, I don't remember. But it also included like thirty days of game time because when you buy the starter edition, you get the thirty days yeah. free. Um and so I, I basically started a new account with new characters. But what they did this time is prior to the release of, of Lich King or not, Lich, fuck Legion. Mm-hmm. They upgraded everybody's previous accounts to warlords of drain level. So I don't actually like have to buy it for my original account where I actually have my high level characters and whatnot. Um, I don't have to buy that expansion and the new expansion. Like, Great. I just automatically have it. So, to me, I'm just buying the expansion, then I'm going to pay so for So, are some you game saying you,
1: you're getting, like, basically all the expansions up until this point, or only the previous? So, like, are you missing no, like,
0: so, like, if you were to upgrade your account right now that hasn't been played since uh, Lich the, King... yeah. I, I guarantee if you log in right now, it's going to say that you're at Warlords of Draenor level. Okay, and cool. that you just have to re-up your account and that's, everything. Have everything up until that point. Yeah. yeah.
1: See, that makes sense to me, and that was actually one of the things that, like, I get why they did, but it actually makes sense to me now too. While they're why they're doing that, because like what they want to do now is hang on to the subs. Like, it's still a cash cow, but it's not really the. Um,
0: uh, um, it's fallen from its glory a little well, bit, I think. there's a lot of games out there that are pretty popular that are free-to-play. Like, the Star Trek Online is, is doing pretty well. Um, there's still kind of a, a cult following for the uh, the DC Universe Online, mm-hmm. uh, which is also free-to-play and whatnot. And WoW is free-to-play up to level 20 now, mm-hmm. but I think that's kind of their answer to combating the, the free-to-play layer. Like, well, we're never going to go full free-to-play, but, like, eventually you are going to get the new content mm-hmm. you just might have to wait until the next paid content comes out before you get it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a good trade because to me, like I wanted to play warlords of drain really bad, but I didn't have like the 30 bucks for a two month game card. Yeah. And I just wanted to play. So I, I paid like 20 bucks for the whole deal and I got to play for a month. And then after that, I kind of let it go because we still weren't in a position where I, I was going to be able to, to, to play it, it all month. the time. Yeah. Um, It's a little easier now, but i got to find the balance because it's that's the thing with this game is it gets super involved. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've got... That's that's the main reason why I don't play it because... um, I've got a wife and kids that, you know, I don't want to leave me, so...
1: Right there. (laughs) Okay, we will be right back with... uh, Actually, we're going to talk more Warcraft, believe it or not, and then we've got a whole bunch of comics. Yeah, so Warcraft the movie. Yeah, um... Well... I think we're a little late to get on this train because the Warcraft movie came out for quite a quite a while ago, and it's yeah. now you know coming out to DVD and all that kind of stuff, um, yeah. and we're just now watching it. So we're probably part of the problem. Uh, that said, uh, brief thoughts. What did you think about it? Um.
0: I, okay. I actually thought it was the story was told really well. Um, I didn't understand at first like what it was. I mean, I kind of got hints from the previews and whatnot that it was kind of a prequel to the story that we know from World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, and it essentially is kind of like if you ever played the, the real-time strategy Warcraft game, like the original one. Like It's kind of that story, only yep. done in a movie. Um, I thought casting was really good in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it probably did exactly what it was intended to do because it was after I saw that. I'm like, you know what? I am going to buy that expansion. I'm going to play that game. <laughs> Are you saying this is like the most expensive advertisement for a game ever? Kind of. Um, so here's the thing, though. And this is what's crazy to me. They gave away, um, like if you went and saw the movie, like they gave away 30 days of playing time. Mm-hmm. But it was only good for new accounts. Like they didn't do anything for their what I assume was their core audience, which was people that, you know... I
1: cannot imagine you could possibly be wrong like i I guarantee you there were tons of people out there who had been playing uh World Warcraft for years and years and years that went and saw this movie like it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if like n not, not in a an insignificant portion of the player base was the the entire audience for this movie,
0: yeah, like in fact, the only person that i, I okay, so I know two people um that i I read through facebook that that watched it in theaters. Um, my nephew was one and then our mutual friend Ben. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh who made comments about it and he actually enjoyed the movie and whatnot. But I know for a fact that both my nephew Sean and Ben were, at least at one time, active World of Warcraft players. Yeah. So nobody else in my fucking friends list said anything about it. I don't know if they saw it. I mean it's you know, not everybody posts about it, you know and whatnot, but I know that The only two people that did that did post about it are people that have played, so that's where I'm getting my sample, (laughs) my sample data from. Um, But I actually did enjoy the movie. I thought the story was well told, and I I really like the casting. To me, was fucking heads and tails, like my favorite piece of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the kid that played uh, Cadgar. Yeah. and then i would start was in it of course king the king, king lane yeah yeah
1: is that his name
0: lane i think i think it was yeah 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 i thought that was interesting
1: yeah that that actually um, dominic cooper dominic cooper i don't know about that one um yeah so this movie is kind of a mixed bag for me like i did actually enjoy the movie overall i would say like it was worth watching and i and i and i enjoyed watching it i was actually pleasantly surprised because after how how poorly it sort of did overall and it, i actually watched it on the heels of reading an article saying essentially that like it's definitely going to lose money even in spite of its massive uh uh chinese uh Uh, take uh, it's definitely going to lose some money and so that you know definitely throws sequels into the uh, um, ether as far as whether or not they'll happen which this movie is almost certainly set up for a sequel like uh, um, the story i think is not in any way complete at the end of this movie and it is definitely set up like it's going to you know be part one of a trilogy or you know something like that um but yeah, the the movie overall for me was a little bit mixed. Um there were some parts that I wasn't really a super big fan of. Like the movie does get pretty lore heavy, which uh you know, for nerds that have played the games and really enjoyed it for a long time, that's totally fine. But as a mass market product, you can't get too crazy into the lore. Uh, um you can definitely throw in fan nods and shit like that. But uh, getting so heavy into the lore makes it a little bit difficult, I think, to watch. One of the things that I really, really enjoyed, though, is visually this movie is a treat. Like, um, it was really fun to see
0: how they did magic and stuff like that in this movie. And I thought that was so well done. And it kind of took the CG characters that, like, were groundbreaking at the time when we did uh, the Final Fantasy Spirits Within movie. Mm -hmm. Which, don't get me wrong, is a Final Fantasy movie, that that movie sucked balls. Mm -hmm. But... Every character in it was CG. Like there was no actual human cast in it. This is different. I mean, there is human cast in it as well. But like what they did, cap, isn't it? What they did with the orcs was amazing. Like it looked really, really good. Hmm. Um. So yeah, no, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um. I got to watch it specifically because uh, there was no way I was watching this movie with my wife because she is not a Warcraft fan mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. Um. But uh, a friend of hers took her to see Suicide Squad that night, and so I was like, hey, I got a couple hours to burn. I'm going to watch this movie. <laughs> Perfect. So, uh, I did that. Um, I was a little confused as to the the identity of the baby orc. I don't see... And this is the thing. Like,
1: I'm sure if you were huge into the lore, you were watching that and going like, oh, yes, that's going to be so amazing, but most of the people watching this myself included who has actually played a reasonable amount of the games like I was a huge fan of Warcraft 1 played the shit out of the game huge fan of Warcraft 2 played the shit out of that game Um, I still play Warcraft 3 sometimes I didn't I didn't really have a machine around the time that Warcraft 3 was out and by the time that I did did start getting back into PC gaming um, it it, it kind of passed its prime by a good way so I never got back into it but I also did play you know a a not insubstantial amount of World of Warcraft and I still was like I don't know who that is like, I, I recognize, I actually did recognize Khadgar and and stuff like that because, as you alluded to earlier, this is not really, um, strictly speaking, a World of Warcraft movie so much as it is just a general Warcraft movie. And they go back, I think, a little bit deeper than World of Warcraft. A couple generations. Yeah, like, it, it, this is actually probably pre anything that's happened in World of Warcraft for the most part. Um, you
0: get lore in World of Warcraft that probably alludes to these events, but. Um, when, when World of Warcraft takes place, um, even vanilla wow like back in the day like you had your alliance factions which were the humans the gnomes the dwarves very much like in the movie yeah. and then you had your um your horde factions which were um the orcs the trolls and the um uh the tauren yeah and tauren are completely absent in this movie as far as i could tell so were the dwarves we didn't see dwarves either and i don't know we, we definitely th- did see dwarves uh or, not or, dwarves i'm um Sorry, uh the, trolls, the trolls, yeah. the trolls and I don't know that we saw uh gnomes. I don't think we did. So yeah, there's there's very specific a, a specific starting point when it comes to World of Warcraft and that is like by the time you hit World of Warcraft, like the orcs had kind of already been been pushed out of the Eastern Kingdoms toward uh the continent of Kalimdor. Well, I mean, like obviously it's Waypost because uh,
1: two of our main orc characters uh, you recognize, uh, you probably recognize their name as WoW players because um, one of them is Orgrim, otherwise known, you know, uh, the reason you the recognize the city of Orgrimmar. Orgrimmar, yeah, and the the other one is Durotan, and I can't remember if um, if he has a city named after him or if he might have it's just a, been it's the it's whole a, goddamn it, continent.
0: It's not a whole continent, but it's a, it's a definite section because Durator is is part of Kalimdor, but it's where Orgrimmar is based. Yeah, um, and I kind of thought the baby was going to be Thrall. Mm-hmm. but then they named it something different i can't
1: remember at all like so i i did actually surprisingly because i haven't been into these games for a really lo- really long time at this point like i don't think i played wow for probably at least a good six or seven years and i haven't played you know the warcraft rts's for way longer than that and surprisingly i did recognize the names like when they were like oh medivh cadgar etc i was like oh yeah i know who those are and- there's
0: there's like a, a plant that you can that you harvest as a like if you're an herbalism yeah thing that's Cadgar's whiskers mm-hmm. and I was like ah, that's that's that guy <laughs> yeah um, we got to see the the fucking floating city though of Dalaran which I thought was cool
1: yeah. In the mur- the Merlocks, the Merlocks. I love just the little cameo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, they did that, huh? Yeah, I, I did enjoy that. That uh, was definitely directly a wow thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I kind of hope if we get a sequel that we kind of get to see more of the the lands and stuff that we're kind of familiar with. Uh, yeah they could have a lot they could have probably done a lot more with the sets i think on this because
1: um one of the things about the you know world warcraft especially is that it's immense like if you 've never really played and especially for a lot of us when we when I first got into wow uh it was probably one of the first like real mmorpgs yeah uh and so i remember thinking god damn this world's huge like i will i i could walk you know for two days and i would not you know I'd, I'd still find something new after two days um and i think that that this movie didn't really showcase that quite as
0: well well i really liked so as a fan i appreciated the insider stuff um, yeah. like and my kids were here, so like when it when the movie first started, and it's showing the orcs, and I was like, it's the fucking dark portal, like yeah, just right there, like yep. that, so um, I dug
1: that. Wasn't uh, now it remind me because I haven't played for a long time, but isn't that like an instance in um, World of Warcraft? Like that portal is a like it looked very familiar. It's not to an me.
0: instance. It is the um, like the first expansion they did, the Burning Crusade. Like you, like that's when they they activated the dark portal and you went through it to get to the Outland where the gotcha. where the orcs and shit came from. Uh, so that's where that came from, and that's when they introduced the um, the blood elves and the drainar as okay. two new races. Okay, that makes sense. As well. So, i I played it for a long time. Like, I haven't been active in a long time, but, like, I probably within six months to a year of the game's release is when I started playing it, and I played it solid for several years. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I've, I have more control than I used to. <laughs> Part of my problem is that I get it now, and then, like, I'll play it, and I'll play it pretty heavy for a week or whatever. Um, and even then it's only like when the kids are in bed or yeah. anything else. And uh, eventually I'm just like, man, I don't want to stay up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just, I don't renew it again after a while. Like there's a, there's a balance like for players like me, because like I made a joke about sticking the needle in my arm again, but it's not that bad for me. Cause like I'll, I'll try and keep the balance to where like, I'm not ignoring my family to play world of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, like, a month ago by i'm like well did i really play that enough in the last month to pay another 15 bucks this month to do it <laughs> same that, that's why i ultimately
1: i think stopped subbing and you know like i you know i really would enjoy playing it like if it if i it probably if i didn't have to pay a monthly fee for it i probably would keep it installed and play it um but you know that monthly fee is just kind of like you know i only get a play and, and the second thing is this really is one where y- you are rewarded by putting in some time like, um, it, the game I think is more fun to play as an end game sort of thing. Like, you know, I, I, you know, I used to play MUDS before this, that, that is um uh, multi-user dungeons, which is a text-based, you know, game over Telnet and similar to Zork. Yeah. I played the hell out of Muds when I was when I was a kid, and I loved those games. Like some of my funnest memories actually are playing those games. And really, when you talk about World of Warcraft to me, it's not that far removed at all. Like it it is definitely a good graphical update to the, a lot of the mechanics that I learned
0: from uh, Muds in general, or even EverQuest. Yeah, if you played the original EverQuest, not two because two sucked, but like the original EverQuest was, and it was weird because that game was more like. I want to say it was less storyline driven. Like there was obviously mm-hmm. a storyline, but like if you wanted to set up a shop and just be a shopkeeper in a town with EverQuest, like you could. Yeah. And that was it. Like, so, um, World of Warcraft, there's definitely like a drive to like keep completing quests and level up and get better gear and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. like, here's one of the things I, I, it's hard to jump back into it after a while because I think the last time I played it was, I want to say it's probably a year ago maybe maybe less, but like as soon as I logged in uh today, it was like well you have unused talent points because we reconfigured things so now you have to redo your talents mm-hmm. and you're like what do I do because I don't know what any of this shit exactly, is yeah. exactly exactly well, what and see here's the cool thing though and this is this is some advice I will give to any players that were active for a while and then have not been for a long time, um if you log into your account and contact support like you can basically be like hey i'm thinking about reactivating i'd like to log in and check stuff out before i i commit or whatever it can i get a week of playing time and they'll be like sure here you go that's what i did i got a yeah. week i have seven days right now because i i hadn't played in so long and i wanted to get a chance to like respect my character and all that kind of stuff and and check things out before the expansion comes out and all that kind of stuff and obviously don't abuse it don't be a dick and just be like hey can i get a week can i get a week because they know Uh, i mean you know that
1: the interim when when you ask that question they go check your log stats and they're like oh yeah he hasn't logged in for a couple
0: years might as well because maybe we can hook him again but um yeah yeah they're not they're not going to give it to you i think they i think they kind of have a hard limit of like giving you like aside from when they send out like free weeks because they do that yeah uh anyway um I'm pretty sure that you're only allowed to ask like once a year or something like that. This is the first time I've ever asked in like 12 years. I've just been like... I was like, you know what? I kind of want to get this figured out before I get the expansion. And I'm... Like, I don't want to have to learn to play again on my time, (laughs)
1: basically. You know you know what I really want to see is um, the successor. Like, I really want to see the successor to WoW. I really want to see something like... I don't think there ever will be, or I'm not sure that there ever will be a World of Warcraft 2 that is nearly as, um...
0: I think the way they handle content is, like, it kind of precludes the necessity for a a sequel. You know what I mean? Well,
1: I don't mean a sequel, but I mean, like, vastly updated, um, game. You know, like, the game runs on very, very meager hardware,
0: which is by design. Not anymore. Really? The Warlords of Draenor patch was actually probably what you're looking for, because they revamped the, the GUI and... I'll have to go check it out because,
1: like, even even the last time I played, I remember thinking, like, you know, like, I, di- I did, I bought an upgrade for my PC around the time that I started playing it. And then, and then it was like, okay, my PC runs this pretty well. But after a while three, four years or something like that, it was like, it, it wasn't nearly progressing with the times uh, as much as you would expect, uh, which wasn't a bad thing because, you know, the graphics are not the be all and end all and stuff like that. It's a 40 gig download now. Yeah. But um the, the textures and stuff like that, like uh I don't you know, I saw some old screenshots a little while ago and um the textures and stuff like that, it, it looks like almost like when you look at an N sixty four game or something like that today, it's like, wow. I mean it's it still so far. cartoony looking. Yeah.
0: And I think that's by design. Yeah. Um because I don't know, like that's kinda of one of the things that I like about the Warcraft world is yeah. that it's it's got that very fantastical feel to it. Um and the textures are kind of weird because you can still like run through NPCs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, but it's it's updated. Wow. You could probably Google it side by side like from like Cataclysm versus Warlords of Draenor.
1: Yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure they they have been making changes, and like I noticed that even you know through, uh, or even before, but uh, um, the game is still you know. I think by
0: modern standards, a pretty, pretty easy to run game. I remember specifically, like I had a 128 meg graphics card <laughs> when I got the, the original game. Um, and honestly, what made it run better for me was not upgrading my graphics card. Like, cause I got, I got a lot of lag yeah. and there was a lot of choppiness to it. What actually helped me out the most was when I upgraded my PC from one gig of RAM to two. that is that actually isn't incredibly surprising but yeah um i mean obviously now i have a machine with 32 gigs of ddr4 ram and i have a 4 gig graphics card (laughs) which is a radeon no not a radeon fucking an nvidia i have a 960 sc Ooh. That's nice. It's it's not V R ready though. Like the nine it's gotta be nine seventy or above for the VR ready, but I also don't have eight hundred bucks to drop on the fucking vibe or whatever, so yeah, that's I don't fine. really care.
1: Yeah. Alright, so should we talk about comics?
0: Probably, because we talked about World of Warcraft for a long time.
1: Yeah. And we got kind of a lot of comics to go through, so um we should get to it. So action comics uh
0: number nine sixty one. Um so this is the one that I had the hardest because I didn't take my notes like I told you when you got here I didn't take my notes while I was reading this time I kind of did it after the fact yeah this is the one book that was harder for me to remember the events of and it's because this one and um, Superwoman kind of dovetail into one another to the oh, point where I a had a hard bit, yeah. time like differentiating between the two but um, I, I scanned back through it Um, we did have a Superwoman pseudo-appearance yeah. In action comics. Um, and it kind of where it picks up is, is Metropolis after Doomsday has chased John out of town. And so you're kind of looking at Lex dealing with some of the aftermath. Um and you also kind of meet the uh well, you've seen him already a couple of times. There's a mysterious watcher that's kind of mm-hmm. uh hanging out looking at things. Um, which this character also is a little bit more prominent in Superwoman than it was yeah in action comics um and then also ultimately at the end of the at the end of the issue you have clark making a decision to try and get his family away he has wonder woman um take them to watchtower actually yeah so they're orbiting the earth um and he decides he's gonna go fucking balls out against doomsday which i assume 962 will kind of be the wrap-up to this initial yeah
1: the the big ending here i think is that um he gets help like um they've got some some you know body of you know people who are fighting with him and uh they're actually holding their own like they're they're using like lasers and shit like that uh, on you know flying sleds or something uh but uh there there seems to be a plan like this isn't just you know like a doomsday fight there seems to be a plan a very deliberate plan so right yeah uh action comics. I this week was pretty solid um
0: yeah, I, I don't think it was as strong as some of the previous I I don't either, but uh But it's it's not a bad book still. Like I'm gonna keep reading it because I I'm still engaged in the story. It just was harder for me to remember the exact details of this one. Yeah, totally. Um how about All Star Batman number one? Like this book. Uh fucking Snyder, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's Scott Snyder. Um that's so one of the things that was noticeably absent about Scott Snyder's run uh with the new fifty two Batman. Um, is some of the uh, the core Batman rogues gallery that we're used to. Um, we got a little bit of Riddler in the year one story and we got Joker Yeah, during the uh, end game. Well, Death of the Family and end game, we had Joker. Um, but that's it. Uh, this was refreshing to me because this was like right out of the gate. This was a Two-Face story. Yeah. And I like Two-Face as a villain. We did get Two-Face a little bit in some of the um, backups uh-huh. Uh huh. And if you're not familiar with uh the term backup, what a backup is is so you have your initial story, which is I think 22 pages uh, without ads, um, and then a backup is usually I think another 10, usually about 10 pages at the end of the at the end of the story. It's a completely separate story, but it usually kind of ties into the main story somehow. Um, and it's also usually written by a different artist or different artist, different writer and artist and stuff like that than the main book. So that's a backup.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> so this story is kind of cool. Essentially, what it is, is the, the character of Two-Face is actually... This is probably the better one of the better representations of the character that I've seen. Because occasionally, Harvey Dent, uh, his personality is dominant for a yeah. while. And so apparently, Harvey Dent and Batman came up with a plan on what to do with Two-Face... And Batman's trying to execute that. Only the Two Face personality has come through and put a uh, basically ordered a hit on on Batman. Yeah, um, offered a bounty for like taking out Batman and releasing him. Uh, so you see Batman get into all kinds of trouble and shenanigans along the way because he's he's basically trying to take Dent to uh, uh some house that's like five hundred miles away from Gotham. Yeah. Um, and then you see some characters that we haven't seen a lot of in the past, like killer moth and, and firefly. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was kind of a cool call back, Cause I haven't seen those guys in a long time. Yeah. I actually really like that about this
1: book that they kind of brought back some characters we haven't seen in a while. And that was another thing that was very rebirth esque to me. It's like, Oh yeah. By the way, don't forget you have all these, you know, backlog of rogues that you can use. Yeah. Sort of thing.
0: Yeah. And then the most interesting uh dynamic to this is, um, you 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 end up in the position that you're at in the end of the book because the 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 bat plane got shot down. Mhm. And uh there's kind of a big reveal at the end that it was it was Alfred that did it. Yeah. Uh so I'm interested to see that, that really was kind of the last panel. That yeah, that was the last panel of the of the main story. Um and Yeah. Just super good. And then um Again, like I mentioned, this this book had a backup story to it as well, which we won't get into as much detail about. I did like the backup story, though. I did, too. I did, too. Um, a lot of... Backup stories are cool for a lot of reasons, because sometimes you end up getting a really good writer, and that writer, because of the backup stories that he's able to do, ends up getting... Uh, more prominent and and able to do things. Uh, Kyle Higgins actually comes to mind because he did backup stories for Batman before the new 52. Mm -hmm. And they essentially used what he did for that. And he was writing some of the stuff that had to do with uh, when Dick Grayson was Batman for a time. Okay. With Damien as his Robin. Um, And they kind of tapped those stories and basically offered him the chance to do Nightwing for the new 52. And that's, he did almost the entire Nightwing run for a new 52, if not the entire thing. Plus he did some Batman beyond stuff for the digital first books that they did with Batman beyond. And he did a really good job with those too. So, um, I like the backup stories in that it it does give another person a chance to offer their perspective on a, on a chosen character and, and, um, increases their chances of, of getting to do something better. Yeah. Not I mean I don't want to say better cuz the backup stories are good. Uh just just different and maybe maybe be featured a featured writer rather than yeah. a backup. So. Um I like the idea of the backup. Sometimes you get backups and you're just like, fuck, this book was already long and now <laughs> I got to read another story. Um some of the new 52 Batman stories I did not read the backups to all of them because it was just like Yeah. You know, especially Snyder. Snyder's books are good, but he's really dialogue heavy sometimes when he's trying to communicate a certain piece of the story. So by the time you get to the end of the book, you're like, nah, "Do I say this tomorrow? Or do I just skip it?" <laughs> so,
1: yeah, I, unfortunately, I kind of do that too, and and I think usually that means the backup story is probably getting left on the table. You know, yeah. like. All right, uh, so let's talk about Deathstroke. I liked it, Deathstroke Rebirth. Um, yeah, it was pretty solid and, and interesting because we get sort of a you know parallel story of like uh, Slade pre Deathstroke.
0: They're they're kind of telling this all Arrow because you get some backstory and you get some current story going on. Um, yeah, I, I'm glad you noticed that parallel because that was
1: one of the things that I drew away from that too. It was like, oh, I mean, somebody must have watched the first you know two seasons of
0: Arrow at least. Yeah, I I actually dug the uh, the Slade Wilson backstory too, because the guy, not not really a stand up guy. No, he's an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> like
2: just sure,
1: just stop there. He's a, he's a freaking asshole. Like he was gonna leave his kid out in the wilderness in the you know s-
0: cold snow. Yeah. For calling him out on his bullshit. Yeah. Basically. And then basically his kid was like, "All you ever do is come home and fuck mom and beat us and leave again." So fuck <laughs> off.
1: And he's like, "Yeah, but your mom's not here right now, so you
0: know." Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's kind of an asshole. Um, I I dug the story, though. I Like, I really... To me, what stood out in this book the most is the writing. Yeah. Um, I really liked uh, how the interactions between he and the other guy were written. Um, there's a lot of political stuff going on in the background, too, um, which kind of really ties in really well to our current political situation here, In but without being political about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... Uh, and so I, I I dug that aspect of it as well. Um, ultimately, I'm I'm gonna read the the Deathstroke number one when it comes out because this was the rebirth title. So I'm yeah. gonna check it out and see how it goes. Uh, I don't know if Deathstroke will ever be one of the things that I'm just like, yep, got to read this every month. Yeah. Uh, but for now, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it and see see how we. Honestly, end this up. book
1: was just a little bit hard to follow for me. Um, but I did enjoy it. Like. There there were interesting parts of the thing. Uh, definitely the backstory I think to me was an, an interesting thing because you know, presumably when you read a book like this, whether it's a hero or an anti-hero, and Deathstroke's definitely an anti-hero. Um, you know, you kind of want to root for the guy, but the, during the first issue I was like, well, he's just a dick.
0: You know, sometimes he's a straight up villain, yeah. not even an anti-hero. Sometimes he's just a fuckhole. hole Yeah. Yeah, a I was fuck-hole. kind of
1: I'm kind of was wondering how they're going to do that because yeah, Deathstroke definitely is in a lot of continuities just a complete asshole. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so solid book, but nah, nothing to write home about. I don't think. Detective Comics nine thirty eight.
0: Uh, Detective, and I think I texted you about this. Detective is probably my number one book since Rebirth. It's it's one of them anyway. It's 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 very near the top. It's it's really solid.
1: Yes, I completely agree with that assessment. I think I think we when we were texting, that was kind of along my same lines too. Of like, yes, definitely. You know,
0: yeah. I, so uh, it kind of opens up where the last issue left off in nine thirty seven, and like it's kind of a straight up fight between Team Bat and
1: well, not exactly because this is the one where we get a little bit of backstory about. Uh, um, oh yeah,
0: we do open up with the backstory. of Papa from, Kane, I can't remember Papa what his Kane, yeah. fucking name is, yeah, but I mean, Colonel. Colonel. We'll just call him Colonel. Yeah
1: his his name is Colonel, unless you you know like are married to him or something like that. Yeah. Um, So it opens up with a little bit of backstory about Colonel Kane, which was really fun. And, you know, the interesting thing here is they're like, you know, you're basically above the president. You know, like, this is stuff the president cannot know. You know, like, so that's an interesting, I think, element of, like, the political landscape in this this set of books and his interaction with Kate and what, you know, kind of character Kate's going to be. And then, of course, she grows up. And it it does a nice job to set up how, how at odds they become... Uh, much to both of their chagrin like, like I think both of them want this to go a different way but it, it can't because they both have very clear ideologies and paths here. yeah it's
0: really the like the father daughter dynamic here is weird because like he he thinks he's doing everything he possibly can to make her not lose anything anymore because yeah. of the loss of, of her mother and was it a sibling as well yes yeah um, and then we get into the fight yeah um, and what I really liked about this is this was a book that let Tim Drake really kind of stand out as a character, he and he's did I like that too. I mentioned before that he's my my Robin that I came up in comics with. Like this is this is the guy that I I gravitated toward as as Robin. Um, he's also a computer nerd, and I happen to be an IT guy, so there you go. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I wonder why you like this character. Yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. um, I really liked. Uh, computer kid. I don't remember his name. In Not, this. Neither do I, but um, because he was like, no, but I'm smarter than you. So this is how I'm smarter than you. And then Tim's always like, yeah, you think that, but it turns out that I'm actually smarter than you because I did this while you were thinking that you were doing this. Um, and I kind of like that about it. Um, ultimately what it comes down to though is, is um, team bats is super outnumbered though, still because there's a lot of guys. So, um they make a strategic withdrawal from the situation
1: i super like the orphan scene yeah so i i can't remember the exact dialogue but batman and batman and batwoman so uh, especially so one of the the dynamics here is that batman and batwoman uh batman has to be in control and know everything and all that kind of stuff and so uh nobody is allowed to make decisions without batman you know overseeing it basically he's a little bit of a micromanager and bat you know basically is coming here to save bruce who is ironically the damsel in distress here uh and uh she's like he sends orphan up to um take out the guys on the top floor to clear out the top level yeah yeah and she it's a it's a line of dialogue between the two of them and then she gets to the top floor and you can hear the there's you know the the scene where the elevator goes ding and opens up and the guys are like they sent one of you they sent you to deal with all of us and she just kind of like I, I think smirks a little bit
0: yeah yeah as much as she and can just in says, her weird costume
1: and and just says yep yes and uh that's great because it, they don't really touch on the scene again until they come up and uh, come up on the elevator and orphans standing there noticeably worse for the wear a little bit. Um, but not nearly as bad as the rest of the dudes with the rest of the room just on their, on their feet. And she's, she's had the shit kicked out of her a little bit, but she's smiling like, yeah. So that, that was interesting to me because I don't know this character at all, but I was
0: like, I think that is Orphan a very um, uh, prior to Barbara getting her legs back. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I could be wrong completely on that, but I, I believe Orphan was. Um, See, I want to search for Orphan Batman, but I kind of feel like that that's not going to give me the right search result. No, I. I if you look the 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 Batgirl Wikipedia, actually probably is going to have more more information on that. Um, what I dug about this, though, is not only that, but like, and they touch on this more in I think issue nine thirty seven than they did in this issue. But Tim, and in fact it wasn't 937, but Tim basically has to convince uh, Batwoman mm-hmm. that the reason Batman chose her is because she's going to be able to make decisions that he wouldn't maybe normally be able to make. And case in point, this decision like to, to send the entire team in, even though Batman doesn't think they're ready, um, they make the decision to send the entire team in to go get him. And he basically that's the first thing he does. He doesn't thank anybody for coming to get him and whatnot. Like he basically bitches her out saying, Hey, you shouldn't have brought the team. They're not ready yet. And then she's like, Well, here's the deal. You left me in charge. I made a decision. Deal with it. And yeah. I like that. Um I also like the fact that you find out Computer Kid is kind of a sinister prick. Oh yeah. At the end of this. Um he was developing tech that even Colonel Kane was like, no, that's that's over the line we can't do that
1: it was basically and again a little political nod they were basically souped
0: up drones yeah and so at the end of the book uh he's like well you told me not to develop it but i kind of did it anyway and they're ready to go so i yeah. think that's our only option And that's yeah. where we leave off
1: i thought that was interesting because it's kind of like and really nobody saw that I'm like hey i need a couple bajillion dollar budget um what are you doing? I don't know. You know, it's like that scene in Independence Day. You really you don't think, think a spent... toilet seat cost 20 grand, right? <laughs> you really think they spent $10,000 on a hammer? Yeah. 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 Uh, man. man, how'd that movie do? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to guess, though, that by our whole... Uh, two of, the two of us, I think, being probably you know the prime candidates for audience for this movie, having not seen it and not carried up until right this second... I mean, I'll watch it on
0: Blu-ray. I'm going to guess it's probably solidly not great. Yeah, I'll watch it on Blu-ray, but I mean, you know, that's, the the given that I didn't know how it did in the box office, I'm going to say it's prime red box material. Yeah, you're right. She has served as Batgirl. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah. So, ultimately, Detective 938, solid book. Like, again, Detective is one of my top super digging Detective, yeah. Yeah. Uh, We got to see Clayface. Oh, he got, yeah, he got to be an elevator in this one. Yeah, that was funny. Cuz cuz I really like the way that they were like
1: we need a bridge and Clayface is like what? And then and, he, and Batman's like dude, you can be a fucking bridge. Yeah, can you get us up there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get your shit together. You know, like
0: Clayface is not exactly their best tactical mind. No, but I I It's a different approach to his character and I think that's one of the things I like about this book. I and mean, this has one of been this has been one of Batman's like arch villains for years. You know what I mean? And like he's like you know he's not that bad of a guy, really. Like he's had a yeah. tough road to hoe. Let's see what he
2: can do.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I like that too. Like he does seem like one of the ones that could actually be a sympathetic villain, and this he he works out fairly well. Like I don't even necessarily see him as a villain in no. this book, you know. That's kind of weird because he has been a villain for so long. Yeah. All right. Hal Jordan and the
0: Green Lantern Corps. Um. So I'm digging this book, and the reason why is it's actually my last note that I have in here, but I'm gonna go ahead and read it first. This is a this is this feels like a genuine Green Lantern story to me. Okay. And I like I like that aspect of it. Like they kind of lost their way a little bit um in the New 52, especially after John's left the book. Um when Venditti first took over, it didn't didn't flow nearly as well. Um and, and I think maybe he's kind of gone back and uh got a better understanding of of his source material. Mm-hmm. So I like this one. We open it up with the actual Green Lantern core, having just come back through the universe breach back into our universe proper. Mm -hmm. Some of the GLs are quite a bit worse for the wear. Um, The central battery that usually controls everything is haywire because lanterns are dying, and it's not sending the rings out to find new lanterns, so it's kind of fucked up. Yeah. And Guy Gardner is... And True Guy Gardner fashion fucking livid that they're not doing anything. And he's like, basically, Jon Stewart comes in. And he's like, don't even fucking talk to me if we're not leaving to go find out what's going on. <laughs> Yeah, I I like that whole thing. Like, Guy Gardner,
1: um, so I'm not nearly as familiar with the comics as you are, but I did definitely get a sense for, like, the essence of all the characters. And Guy Gardner definitely seems like a hothead to me. Like, he wants to be out bashing skulls. And you get that from the first part of the book, and then, of course, the end of the book where,
0: you know, they do eventually send him out. What I've loved about the Guy Gardner character since his inception is he is... He's a good lantern for all the opposite reasons that Hal is a good lantern. Like yeah. And in the old days, especially in like the 3rd volume of Green Lantern, um, uh, which would be the f- first modern age era, mm-hmm. I would suspect uh he had a huge ship on his shoulder and his main goal was to prove why he was better than Hal most of the time. And that character has kind of evolved into... Um, he became kind of a mentor for Kyle for a while. And over time, like, his character has gone from the arrogant prick to mentor to now he is the... Like, he's the lantern that the rest of the Corps can, can rely on to go on the stupidest fucking mission possible. Like, missions that would kill most people, like, Guy will take on because he's a loose cannon anyway. That's kind of like the whole end of this book. They're like, we need somebody who's dumb enough
1: to go out and do this. And Guy Gardner is like, all right, I'll get my
0: shit, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And that's, that's what I like about his character. And, and that's the, the storytelling here is, is basically reaffirming to me that again, he's got a better understanding of, of the, the characters before he took over the book than he did when he first took it over. Um, we also see Hal Jordan beating the fuck out of some Sinestro core members.
2: Yeah,
1: I do like uh, one of the things that I noticed when I was watching this is that um, as he's beating the shit out of the Sinestro core members, like his constructs like uh, um, are sick. Like a lot of the constructs that you see, especially, you know, reading, the, you know, I don't. think we're going to talk about it this week but uh green lanterns Mm -hmm. the constructs in that book are like basically like big dumb you know things whereas the constructs that hal has is like a fully fleshed out locomotive including a ferris or uh semi-truck including
0: a ferris air logo you know yeah the thing about the constructs and the different lanterns and things like that and i'm gonna i'm gonna probably expound on this more than i typically would but um one of the things that the well-written Green Lantern books have done is shown a very definite difference in constructs from lantern to lantern, mm-hmm. and they're still doing that. That's what actually one of the one of the few pieces of the Green Lantern's book um, that I really appreciate is like Jessica can't form a construct at all. Mm-hmm. Like her energy ring is, I mean, the, like her ring just produces raw energy because she doesn't have quite the willpower to to form the constructs yet. Simon Baz. Um, His constructs are pretty rudimentary. Like, they just get the job done. Um, Hal Jordan, I mean, he does things like the boxing glove. Mm -hmm. We've seen that a hundred times. And then other things like that. Kyle, because he was an artist, his constructs were always unique. Like, uh, when he would fly from one place to another, a lot of the time he would, like, form a, a construct of a ship instead of just flying like a lot of the lanterns do like he would do this like neat little spaceship looking thing or or what have you um guy Gardner's constructs tended to be a little bit more uh you know weaponry related mm-hmm. because that's that's what he is he's a warrior like there was true a comic series called guy gardener warrior like that's that's what he is and then John Stewart, because he was an architect, like his constructs, if you look at his constructs, are super detailed mm-hmm. like he can build working machinery kind of a kind of a thing so i i I would always really like that about those about the books because the characters always have very specific characteristics when it comes to forming constructs with their rings, and that's one of the things that, no matter who's written it, has basically kind of held to that standard. so that's cool, yeah um uh, and then we have the Sinestro aspect of it, um, where his daughter finds out that he basically used her um, to give the Sinestro Corps a, a a good face to the rest of the universe. And now he's going to try and subvert them. Yeah. <laughs> the entire universe through fear. That was kind of funny to me. It's like, well, we thought he was a good guy for like ten
1: seconds. Like, th- I think they almost kind of bring this up in the book a little bit, like where they're like, well, like, I've gained the entire universe's trust now. Fuck that, you know? Like, yeah. Um. So yeah, I-, I don't know. I I enjoyed this book overall. Um. Man, I'm interested to see where the story goes. I guess is the biggest thing here. Uh, and I did, you know, there's uh, I-, I guess aspects of the book that I like, but nothing's popping out of me right at the second.
0: There's not as much writing. Yeah. For you is there is for me, because I'm a I'm a GL fan and I have been, you yeah. know, for twenty years. Uh more than twenty years now, but
1: this book also wasn't like hugely advancing the story or anything like that, I don't think. Um most of it was no, like, it's still setting the stage, and, yeah. I think.
0: Yeah. So uh but I, I overall I enjoyed it. Like I said, I it, it feels more like a classic Green Lantern story to me. For sure. Um one of the other things too that I really noticed about this is this the white stripe in Sinestro's hair. Yeah. What's cool about that is... Um, did you ever read The Zero Hour? I don't think so. So it was a five-issue miniseries um, that basically... And, and it started with issue five. And uh-huh. worked its way back to... Maybe it was six. Because I think it was five, four, three, two, one, and zero. Um, basically what it what Jeff Johns did after the, the events of Zero Hour, when he kind of took over the book and stuff like that, the white stripes that Hal used to have on the side of his head... Mm -hmm. those were because Parallax actually was in him oh yeah I remember talking about this before for a long time Um, and so Sinestro using Parallax to restore himself to his younger self basically rejuvenate his body Um, it worked but I mean obviously at a cost because now he's got the white stripe in his in his hair um, and I think that's that's gonna that's kind of a direct callback to the the Read Richards-looking shit that Hal Jordan used to have.
1: It's finally happened. I did come to the part where I did not read all
0: the shit, the books from the
1: show. <laughs> you fucker. What what did we miss? New Superman. I read the Superman title proper, and I was like, oh, we must not have talked about that on a previous episode, because I, I remember reading it, and then I think we actually did talk about it, but I did not read New Superman. I don't think you read issue one,
0: either. I don't I, think we've actually talked about this book at all.
1: I did not. I did not.
0: Yes, um, did not. It's all right. This isn't actually one of my favorite books. Um, essentially, what it is, is it's a, kind of a high school bully in China. Mm-hmm. Ends up basically getting state-sponsored superhero powers. That's cool. To join a state-sponsored Justice League in China. That sounds interesting. It's interesting. Not one of the better books I've read, but I mean, it's... I'm I'm reading it. I'll I'll tell you this. I'm only reading it because I think it's leading into like a bigger Superman arc that we're getting. Okay. And so that's I wouldn't read it otherwise.
1: All right. Well, I'll check it out at some point. But yeah, I definitely did not read it. Yeah, I knew I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's only like eleven books or something like that. Yeah. So. so Red Hood. Did you read that one? I did read Red Hood. Yeah. What do you think? I like Red Hood. Um, I'm I'm actually really enjoying where they're going with
0: Red Hood. I'm excited that we get Jason Todd books again and so, so there was yeah. there was a Red Hood book from the from the uh, onset of New 52 and I read most of those too um, the Red Hood and the Outlaws from that though was a bit more up my alley because it was Jason Todd um uh, uh Arsenal mm-hmm and uh fucking what's her name uh Coriander the cat chick that Dick Grayson used to fuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Starfire. Starfire was her is her superhero name. Gotcha. Yeah. So anyway, um but this is different, and we're gonna get more characters, I think, as we go along, but in, in this particular instance, like God, I wanna say the cover had a couple a couple big name people in it, but they didn't make their appearance until I think maybe the last panel, if if even then. Uh, this was mostly centered around Jason, um, meeting up with black mask.
1: Yeah. Um, so I like this because they have the whole episode or the whole issue with him, um, saving, I can't remember what her name is, but the, the matriarch of the orphanage who she, you know, yeah. that that sounds positive. Like you're listening to that at home and saying, Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. But no, the matriarch was actually like selling these kids or using these kids. She was as basically
0: like, creating fucking warriors out of them. Like, yeah. Yeah,
1: um, the the fight scene in the car between Red Hood and and the gangsters was really cool. Like his quote unquote audition or secondary audition, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and then the the character, of course, that you're talking about is, um, I believe that's Artemis. Oh yeah, she shows up at the very end. Yeah, Artemis isn't is Amazon. She isn't Ar- Amazon. Yep. Which, you know, is a little bit outside of Red Hood's power set. You know, Wonder Woman's pretty cool and for lots of reasons, but even the weakest of the Amazons are pretty badass. So. Yeah, and
0: Artemis is definitely not a weak Amazon. She's, no. She's kind of up there. Yes. Uh, in the upper echelon, if you will. Uh, the other thing, too, that stood out to me is that uh, he absolutely refused to kill one of the henchmen. Yep. And but Black he- Mask didn't take it as an insult he was like no you know what i actually like a guy that's got his own set of his own code and then you know. probably kills the guys anyway. and then he kills the guy himself but like that holds true to like in the rebirth book like batman was like no killing like i'll let you do this but the second you kill somebody i'm pulling you out and pulling the plug see that's what's interesting to me too is because
1: he um first off in this book, when uh, he's presented with the opportunity to kill, he, he, he doesn't agree with the decision. He, he's like, you know, that's bad tactically. Like, that's the way it comes across to me. Like, yeah, if you kill that guy, he'll be dead. But the bad side is then like, you lose a lot of henchmen that way. Um,
0: and you that- let the guy live and then maybe you get a decent henchman at some point. Yeah,
1: so know, yeah. that to me is interesting. Like he's looking at it as like a tactical decision, not like oh, you know, human life is sacred, blah blah blah, batman-esque sort of philosophy. And I think they even talk about that earlier in the book where um he's like, well, I guess I can't kill anybody cuz I got to follow Bruce's code or whatever. Um so I liked how that played out a little bit.
2: Uh,
0: yeah, no, same. Uh And basically what it comes down to is Black Mask wants a second command that uh, could take over for him if he needed to. Yeah. Uh, He's definitely
1: hinting at something.
0: And what's interesting about that, too, is that even with his refusal to kill the henchmen and whatnot, and to your point, the way he presented himself with it, Black Mask was like, Yeah, you know what? I'm okay with that decision. Uh, I just need to know that uh, you're somebody that, if need be, could could do what i needed to be done even in my absence um and his refusal to kill the henchman didn't necessarily detract from black masks opinion of him yeah so um and i still really love the part where he lives in an abandoned shelter underneath <laughs> so do i <laughs> yeah underneath fucking uh internal affairs basically one pp yeah from gotham so i i do as well
1: all right, let's talk Superman, or Superwoman, Superwoman. excuse me, yeah.
0: Superwoman number one. So so here's my notes on this. Lois has powers. Yeah. Lana has powers. <laughs> um, so this is obviously the New 52 Lois still uh, that's got the powers. And honestly, neither Eddie nor myself read much of the Superman from New 52 other than the the final story arc which didn't have Lois in it really at all.
1: Yeah. So this is Lois and Lana from new 52 soups essentially. And, uh, I did actually enjoy this book. I, I like the dichotomy of how they tell it. Like, yeah. um, there is sort of a twist towards the middle of the book. Um, and, th- you know spoilers but that's essentially that lana has powers which you know of course we just talked about um when the book opens it's lois basically asking lana for tips on how to use her powers she's you know like you help train superman and figure out his shit like help me do the same thing and that all seems well and good and and they're not friends like you don't you definitely get a sense they're
0: kind of adversarial a little bit not like they don't hate each other necessarily but they don't like each other i mean they're not
1: Yeah, precisely. Like, they're they're definitely not buddies or anything like that. Like, um, but uh, the, the, so that's the relationship as it's set up in the first few pages of the book is like, you know, Lois is there to help, or help, get help from Lana figure out how to use her powers and stuff like that. And Lana, you know, good to that, kind of gives her some tips. Like, you know, there's a reason why you fly like this, you know, and it's to, you know, help directional sense or whatever, blah,
0: blah, blah. Um, Because Lois essentially has Superman's power set. Yeah. And, uh, Lana's is quite a bit different even though they both got their powers essentially when Clark like new 52 Clark's body started to decay it kind of erupted yeah a little bit
1: Lana's is a little bit more like an en- energy man- manipulation so yeah, she can
0: change energy from one kind of energy into another kind of energy yeah things she things has like super that. strength super strength and she can fly but um, she has this like energy manipulation ability. I don't know that she's super strong necessarily, or if the super strength is more because of the energy manipulation, like she's able to do. She, well, I with think the energy field, the
1: reason I said that is because I like Lois asks her at some point, like you can do the super strength thing and, you know, come help me lift this or whatever. And that, that's sort of like the last panel is like, they she's like, my powers
0: don't really work like that. Yeah.
1: And Lois is like, we'll do it anyway. Yeah. Um, so this is interesting too because when I was reading this and I and I opened it and I was like, okay, this is going to be the story about how Lois is Superwoman and whatever that makes sense. And then Lana showed up because I didn't know anything about that. And so Lana, you know, when we say Superwoman, we actually may be talking about two characters in this book, which is I think another interesting way that they did that story. So
0: yeah. Um. So the overall premise of the book is that Lex basically has this giant warship because he is taken on the mantle of Superman. Granted, he's a self-appointed Superman. Nobody else has really yeah. asked him to do this, but he's got his, his power suit that he uses. Um, and then just this giant warship that he... He's not Superman by any means, and the warship is kind of his answer yeah. to make up for his shortcomings. Problem is is that very early on in the issue, like he not only loses his power suit, like it stops working, um, but the warship just kind of starts doing whatever it wants to do instead yeah as well and there's there's crew members trapped below decks and all that kind of stuff and that's where super super lois comes in only it ends up being too much for super lois and then the big reveal is when you she's like i need you and that's when you find out that lana also has superpowers and she so she goes and does her thing as well yeah. um what's interesting is what happens kind of toward the end of the book and spoilers obviously we we talked about I shouldn't have to say that, but I do. We kind of get the villain from Superman three, and I'm not talking about Richard Pryor. I'm talking about the weird robot chick at the end of it. <laughs> that's what—that's really what this this chick kind of reminded me of is, because I, I don't know what she is, um, but she's badass, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a very strong possibility that Superwoman number two might just be about Lana. Yeah. <laughs> um that's that's we don't know like that's where we're that's where we kind of end off at
2: so
1: i that's another thing like just again hitting the nail on the head i like this title because um or one of the things that i like about this title is that uh it's called superwoman but i'm not exactly sure which character that's supposed to be about right now yeah yeah Yeah. all right let's talk the
0: flash um another one of my favorites this 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 particular week i like this a lot um so did i they're doing more stuff with the Speed Force. In fact, my first note is Speed Force Mubbo Jumbo. <laughs> and that is essentially the, the the crux of it, yes. Yeah, um, so one of the scientists working for Star Labs essentially realizes that when two of any any of the members that got hit by the Speed Force storm and have been imbued with powers, when they use those powers in close proximity to one another, the Speed Force itself starts to bond together and eventually one of the... uh. Like if it's two people, eventually one of the two will end up with all of the Speed Force yeah, powers. Yeah, it's, it's Highlander Flash. Left. What's that? It's Highlander Flash. Yeah, the quickening. Yeah, it's the the quickening. Um, what I thought was clever about this is I don't know that this is an aspect of the Speed Force that we've ever seen before.
1: No, neither do I.
0: Um uh we we end up in an encounter with a big bad dude from what the fuck is the name of that organization with the spiral is it the spiral i don't remember something stupid like that anyway um yeah i'm not a big fan of the 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 covert bad team name i think it's kind of lame but i do like the actual characters in the book Uh, but this dude is pissed off because he got struck by lightning and it just basically maimed him. It didn't give him any kind of powers or anything. Yeah. Um so he basically created a suit that would channel the speed force into his body like forcibly. Uh which doesn't end up working out well for him because he is not meant to have the speed force. So the speed force kind of reacts really negatively. Yeah. Um there's a lot of
1: interesting things going on here. We see Wally, um that is uh not Kid Flash. I, I have
0: him as Wally too.
1: Yeah Wally two um, Wally 2 is sort of experimenting with his powers, and it looks to be that he's like sort of you know uh, creating this suit. He's he's kind of like
0: his power set like as much as like when when he was introduced in New Fifty Two, like we didn't know that the other Wally was still around anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, his power set is a lot like Wally's because Wally basically rearranged the molecules of his suit to make it look different and whatnot. And that's what Wally 2 seems to be doing is it's kind of working on that kind of a thing. Yeah. He's probably way more advanced with his powers than anybody who's attending the Star Labs uh you know symposium on speed force abilities. Yeah. <laughs> speed Force 101. Yeah. Yeah
1: um so i think they're doing a couple of different things in here one one is when i was reading this they set up an obvious way to get rid of all these speedsters which i didn't ever when i was reading i didn't ever think that they could keep all these speedsters around and, no. and so the way that i think they get rid of them is that godspeed essentially takes all of the speed force from them and then pre- a lot of zoom
0: from season two of the flash
1: yeah and then thereby serves as a good foil for barry um and then the secondary part though is that that doesn't necessarily apply I think to Wally 2 uh Wally 2 did not get his powers I think through the lightning thingy um not through the lightning or the speed force storm anyway so yeah so like I think that that's going to show like this isn't you know I-, I don't know we've got some sort of weird dichotomy where we've got like easily transferable feed sports we've got like liquid asset speed force and then we've got like stocks and bonds speed force which you know see- seems to be Barry and Wally. uh so uh Barry,
0: Wally, and Wally.
1: Yeah. Wally and Wally. That's not confusing at all. No. Um, anyway, the, the, that aspect of things, I think, is going to be interesting, and I think that that's probably definitely going to be one of the things that plays out over the next you know, few issues.
0: And also, then, a girl who's not Iris. It, it totally Barry.
1: has the hots for Barry, and then Barry and, takes off his his, his hat. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, he's like, hey, this is who I am. Yeah. Uh, so, I got a question for you. Shoot. So, Wally Prime—we'll call him Wally Prime—was mm-hmm. Kid Flash. Yes, and Barry just got done telling him, "Hey, you're not Kid Flash anymore. Yeah, you're the Flash." Um, do you think that Wally Two is going to take on the mantle of Kid Flash, or do you think we're going to jump straight into like Impulse or something like that?
1: With the yellow, I think we're definitely going for Kid Flash. You think so? Yeah, and and I think that 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 he's a younger Flash, and and, and that they did that that the, they're like, no, you're not Kid Flash anymore. Like specifically, I think we're definitely he's taking on the mantle of Kid Flash
0: because Impulse was from the future anyway. That was Bart Allen. He was one of uh, Barry's yeah. like grandkids or some shit like that. So or nephews or something. Um, yeah, just curious, just curious to see where where your thoughts were on that one. Um, yeah,
1: I I think that
0: they're rather intentionally setting that up a little bit, so. And in this book either the art in this book is getting better or I'm getting used to it. Same because it doesn't bother me as much as it did and the story I think is is told well enough that I kind of don't care as much about the art anyway. Yeah. Um but I do I I got to go to the comic shop and actually pick up my issues instead of reading them <laughs> digitally because I have all of these waiting for me at the at the comic shop, but um Let's talk about Wonder Woman. Yeah, let's.
1: uh, So, Wonder Woman, our penultimate DC title this week, is really good.
0: See, this is one of those things that I was curious as to whether or not I was going to like it. um, Because it's a bi-weekly book. Mm -hmm. But really, you're only getting... Like, the stories are kind of a month apart because... We're getting Wonder Woman year one on the even numbered issues, and we're we're getting the current Wonder Woman story on on the odd numbered issues. Um, this is a really really well told flashback, like a year one story. Like I really enjoyed it. Uh, we start out um, with there's kind of a council, yeah, of of uh, Hippolyta and and then some other elders that are on the island and whatnot uh, because steve trevor is is recovering from his injuries obviously the rest of the 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 flight is dead um but steve is not
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh so they're basically just like well they were like one of them one of the chicks is like i think they were on the way to attack us because they were armed for war and kind of the rest of the council's like hmm no no No, they they didn't know what hit them like this isn't this isn't what this was about and whatnot um but they're they're really astonished by the weaponry like the the guns and they're just like it's kind of like an arrow but like it's not (laughs) this actually um i just very recently
1: watched the wonder woman 2009 animated property which is good it is good, and it actually draws a lot of uh, similarities to this.
0: Yeah, not a kid movie either, by the way. Like the the Wonder Woman animated movie is, it's a little grown up. I mean, not, kids could watch it. It's not, not like not super grown up, but it's but it's, yeah. it's definitely geared more toward adults and whatnot yeah. with the subject matter and stuff. So, um, yeah, no i I completely agree with that assessment. Uh, what I like about this is is how they, we move toward Wonder Woman becoming wonder woman in this yeah um and basically the council is just like so somebody is going to need to leave the mascara yeah and they decide trevor was not here to attack them and they right. need to go off so of the somebody and- somebody needs to escort him back to man's world and then help him solve whatever problem he was on his way to deal with yep um and the only way to do that is to have games yeah, and then I, the winner like of the that. games is is going to be that, and the games you get the impression aren't scheduled to happen for quite a while. No, they basically are like, let's do it tomorrow. Yeah, and and yeah, so the queen's is like, well, we're gonna have to move up the schedule, um, and she, the the dialogue between her and Diana when she's explaining to Diana that the games are being moved up, and she's basically offering her it out, saying, "You're you're you just got over being sick from this other weird event that happened." Uh, don't feel obligated and she's like yeah but I kind of am and I'm going to do it and and then she's like yep because you're my daughter and I totally get it like I, I really liked that piece of dialogue between the two yeah I also
1: really like there's a couple of standout art pieces I think in this book too like during the games like there's this shot of um the the whole thing going on it's kind of like this uh montage shot where they're riding through i think that's a pretty solid piece and then the big costume reveal i think is oh oh, yeah yeah the costume reveal is another one of my like favorite you know pieces in this and that's just you know like they've they've basically just shown and i like the way that they did this too because
0: this is different art like I feel like the artist for the, the art year style one
1: definitely changed, and I don't like it as much. I do think that the, the way that they chose to do the scene is is uh yeah. good though. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. Um obviously Oh, no question. I mean the cover obviously is significantly different, but yeah. Just as
0: you scroll through the, the art yeah, style it's different
1: art. Um I actually really do like the art style pre this book a little bit better, but
0: Well, and I think it's gonna go I think the same artist that did issue three is going to do five. Like I think they're doing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's how they're doing it. Obviously, we know Diana does fairly well in the games. She ends up being a finalist, and and here's the 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 final test. Basically, is crazy, and this is kind of another one of my my standout moments of the book. Um, the queen basically has um Trevor's sidearm. And yeah. she starts shooting the finalists, like, basically, hey, block block the shot, deflect it, kind of a thing. Colonel Trevor's like, you don't get it. Like, you're going to kill them. Yeah. Like, don't do this. Like, basically pleading for her not to kill her own people. Which, I mean, they're Amazon, so they're obviously they're a fine. little... Yeah, I mean, they get shot, but, like, they basically have the medic lady that's like, yeah, but I can take care of this. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Diana's the only one that comes through unscathed, and so she ends up getting the the lasso and all that kind of stuff, which is called something. I don't remember. I can't remember specifically what the name was of it. But um, and one of my favorite one of my favorite fucking things, like that you that you, the, you sh- see the Amazons working on on Steve's plane. Yeah. How did you? repair it, it. Like it, he makes a joke about it. Like how did you? invisible yeah and then at the end like when they're boarding it like it's it's an invisible jet and it was like that's that's classic wonder woman like right out of the fucking box classic wonder woman yeah so i i i'm really enjoying the wonder woman book both the year one and the the whatever the current storyline is called like with with cheetah and stuff like that so yeah it and it is it is definitely drawn by different artists i just
1: look brian ching does the 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 um current day story and i already forgot the other guy's name um uh, because i didn't like him as much sorry bud the way he draws the faces is kind of weird i do I, I don't i think that's one of the things that definitely throws me off scott collins collins Collins. k-o-l-i-n-s yeah, that's weird yeah um but i like the art style a little bit and the other one uh, just a hair better so which well, a lot better you'll but... hear
0: us talk about in like two weeks yeah um that's it for comics tonight so um I think our show is going to be kind of more back on schedule this weekend, um, provided Ashley doesn't schedule anything else. Um, The plan is, I think, to do Sunday night this week, right? Because this Sunday is SummerSlam, and I think you were going to come watch that. Sure. Yeah, I think I talked about it. Um, Originally, Bailey was going to come watch it, and we would have done something with him. Because he's a huge wrestling fan, because mm-hmm. he used to wrestle and all that good but stuff. But it said
1: you get me, who's watched wrestling. Well,
0: Bailey's a fuckhole, and we bought tickets to whatever festival Disturbed is playing at. Yeah. And so he's going to so go see Breaking Benjamin and Disturbed and a bunch of other bands that, that night.
1: That douchebag, having fun without me.
0: Yeah. All right, so uh, yeah. So
1: we'll we'll be back on track. I think we'll record this Sunday and we'll get that out. Um, you know, probably shortly thereafter. So, uh, yeah, this show this week. Um, tell us what you think about it. You can um, probably the best thing for us, and we would really appreciate it if you do is go into iTunes and give us a rating and leave us your feedback and so on and so forth. Um, we have
0: follow us on Twitter at whatever show. Yeah, we've got facebook.com dot slash whatever show. If you're a Facebook person. And if you have questions, uh, it's really easy to send those to us because it's questions at whatever.co. And I'm just going to point this out. We are 50 episodes in now, more counting the special episodes, and not a single fucker has sent us a question <laughs> at questions at co. Um, you know. People don't do email.
1: We, we, I think we've had a lot of stuff with Twitter, but people don't seem we, to do we email. We do
0: get some some action on Twitter uh, yeah. a little bit. My brother will occasionally text me and be like, hey.
1: You know that thing you talked
0: about? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know what's funny is my brother listens to this and he he commented to me one day that uh, sometimes he feels like if he texts me during the show that he's interrupting. <laughs> That's funny. Because it, to him it's just like a normal conversation, you know, like between people. Like it's not, I mean, it's obviously recorded and whatnot because he's listening to it yeah. on his iPhone. But like he's just like, I feel like I'm interrupting you guys if I text you or anything. I'm like, I'm like, well do it anyway. Like yeah, I have this
1: actually ten- the tendency to want to, you know, fire off tweets or whatever while I'm listening to other people's shows, uh, especially when it's like a, uh, but you forgot to say that thing. Like I listen to a lot of, you know, podcasts where um not necessarily funny or something like that, but I want to interject my point or whatever. And so like, I'll start. And then like, as I'm, you know, getting out the thing to do the tweeter or whatever, uh, people, they keep going and it's like, Oh yeah, no, that's
0: the point. You nailed it. Yeah. Uh, like, I wanted to do that to Garmin today because he was talking about Kenny Baker being dead and he referred to him as uh, being in the Star Trek franchise, not once, but twice. <laughs> in which case, like, the entire audience at the Hollywood Improv was like, What know, are you doing? Yeah, Busting his balls for it. Yeah, and he's like, Yeah. And the first time, Kevin kind of was like, Oh, it's, you know, it's, he's sad, you know, whatever. Like, uh, you know, it's, don't, don't break his balls for it because he's sad. And the second time he did it, Kevin was like, yeah and because was like two franchises they both start with star all right and he was like kevin's like yeah but they're both very different and not <laughs> something that you could do twice like it, it is one of the cardinal sins amongst it is both trekkies and star wars fans it so. is like i love the meme of of uh fucking the picture of you yeah, know like patrick stewart and it was like how do you piss off a fandom and it's like patrick stewart you know and he's like quoting harry potter yeah but it's like signed gandalf or yeah, yeah. it's yeah, yeah i love it anyway that's our show guys yeah uh we'll see uh same bad time same bad channel or you know whenever yeah some bad time we're not very consistent with the time probably same bad channel yeah always always you can find us on itunes that's the channel
2: yeah later